look out my window Many sights to see And when I look in my window So many different people to be That it's strange So strange You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch
You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead and you haven't gone to hell. I haven't heard anything from the 44th floor. How are they with this? It's the Rocking Comedy Show. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! It. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Get ready for three hours of laughs, games, trivia, and so much more. Now on The Rocking Comedy Show, here is your host, Crazy Jay. Or somebody that just looks incredibly handsome, like him. It is The Rocking Comedy Show, episode number 1,255. Which marks our hollow, our official Halloween episode, and uh, went into the archives to uh, pull out an interview that I have not played since it aired back in 1999, and I did that for the 45th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we've got uh, an interview that I did with uh, Richard O'Brien. We'll talk about that. Also, an interview I did not too long ago with James Winburn, who uh, was one of the original Michael Myers in the first film. If you didn't know, there were seven actors that played him in the first movie. So he's one of them. That interview's absolutely amazing. And I have some news about James uh, that we're going to get to here in just a little bit. Some Halloween goodies, some great covers, and things of that uh, nature. We've got uh, some bad things that happened on Halloween throughout history we're going to talk about. And uh, some games, games, games. <laughs> Hosting her very own rainbow party this weekend, everybody. J9 is here. Oh, you guys just wish. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Jay, what am I, I, uh, I going to do with all these lipsticks I bought? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just went to the Mac counter. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time you can go and buy makeup and be a dude and they don't look at you. Because yeah. you're like, oh, it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, the one and only, what's your name? <laughs> hey, oh. AJ the Wolfman Wyatt there, everybody. Hey. How you doing? Oh, awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Looking forward to this Halloween. Yeah. Feeling it. It's like, oh, the closer we get to that full blue moon on Halloween, I'm just, oh, I'm itching. You're yeah. Dress, dressing uh, up? It's the fleas. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> He's dressing up. I'm dressing up. Of course. Of course I'm going to dress up. He has to. Okay. There's yeah. rules about that kind of thing. I, I don't want the spirit of Stingy Jack to come and get me if I don't, <laughs> you know, honor the traditions. Because that's what happens. Yeah. Got to be careful. Carve that jack-o'-lantern, people. I'm telling you. Jay yeah. makes a very handsome Frankenstein. I do. Thanks you know to the what? help of apps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so you mentioned Blue Moon because it is a Blue Moon this Halloween. It is. Not only is it a full moon that only happens every 19 years, the... Um, the original recording of Blue Moon was done in 1934. Right, right. And then covered several times after that. But e Even in the same year yeah. <laughs> that it came out. <laughs> yeah. This is the original one from uh, 1934. That was in my uh, grandpa's collection. It was a 78. Wow. Let's see if you can still hear it. not sure who does the vocals on it. They just basically talk uh, the person that's conducting the music. There is vocals in it. I think his name is Richard something. I'd have to look it up on the on the actual 78, but What is a 78 a record? Yeah. I only heard of like a 45 and what was the other one? Uh 33. 30 yeah. Yeah. Just the speed it played it on. Hmm. I never heard of them. Yeah. 
because you're not a record buff. <laughs> <laughs> I did have 33s and 45s. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Well, I I mean, it was such a nicer time back then. <laughs> Nobody was locked down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could beat your wife. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Throw your kids in the well. <laughs> Here it is. Here's the vocals. Without a dream in my heart. So I think that's creepier than the Marcells doing it. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's so creepy. One hundred percent. You could you, you could hear this in so many more movies. You knew just what I was there for. See the killer coming in the room right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now you're just getting stabbed. Definitely to death. something like The Conjuring. You can yeah. hear, you know, the Silent Strangle maybe. Even yeah. even even American Werewolf in London. You can hear it in there. Oh yeah, right before a dramatic change. You know, <laughs> or when he's just waking up and he's 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 no longer the creature. Yeah. He's back to the human state. Blood all over him. What yeah. did I do? What did I do? <laughs> Where's all this blood? <laughs> yeah. So 1934. That's when it was written. Now I'm no longer alone. It's good to know. Yeah. It's really good uh, history to know. Guys, tune in tomorrow. Brunch Rock. AJ and I are gonna have a Halloween off. A spook oh, off. Yeah, it's gonna get Yeah, good. it's gonna be great. Let's see, see who comes up with a more interesting and and twisted Halloween tunes. Oh, it's Jay. Trust me, it's Jay. It's Jay. This dude's library is scary impressive. Okay. Yeah, so it's good. It's good stuff. So, something we announced yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you heard because you do sleep in and out of the show, like yeah. many of our listeners. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next Tuesday, we are doing a drunk show. Yeehaw! Yes, and we're gonna get and we're gonna talk about the election as the results come in. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure once we start drinking, that's probably gonna stop. <laughs> um, and we did this two, three years ago on my birthday. I have a breathalyzer, so we're gonna pull it out and see how how well we're doing with each <laughs> round of shots. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, so, so for glad. like every every like you know twenty minutes, we have to do a shot and then. We blow into the breathalyzer and see how we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. Uh, So I would recommend that you lift or Uber over here or plan on sleeping on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to be sleeping on the floor, Jays. Understood. This couch in here is very comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) You can can claim it now. (laughs) I'll bring my PJs. Get your reservations for the Yeah, I'll have. I'll I'll, I'll get some Naked City pizza and some wings and. Oh man, this is. Yeah, we'll have a party and we'll get drunk. Yep. Well, I wasn't even going to do the show because it's the election and I know it's it's tough. Right, but, you mentioned that. But Dan Dan brought it up in a little thread that we were doing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We, we got to do it. Yeah. For the memories. <laughs> or, the unmem- <laughs> or the memories that we won't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll be recorded. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, the beauty, oh, beauty of this job. There was <laughs> one years ago. This has to be, this has to be eight, nine years, maybe even, even more so now. Um, we did a show where uh, my friend was selling these uh, party kits. And so and it was everything you needed for this party. It had like a beer pong. It had cups that you could play either beer pong or, or flip cup with. And just other little drinking games. And you'd set them up through the house and you have to like have a team and you have to do all these games. And we were doing that. And uh, one of the guys there was Stephen Briggs. <laughs> and wow. I can't stand, at this time I could not stand 
this roommate of Stephen Briggs. I could not stand this. I hated this guy. I don't even remember everything that he did, the reasons why I hated him. But I remember that he did not start at the show, but he showed up to finish. And Stephen Briggs is like, look who it is, not thinking that anything was going to happen. I literally broke a microphone because I threw it down. And you can hear me off mic going, get out of my fucking house or I'm going to rip off your head and shit down your fucking neck. I was so <laughs> drunk. And like, like we're, we're literally screaming at each other back and forth. He goes, I didn't even do anything. I go, you fucking showed up. Like I was, <laughs> I was angry. And that's all I remember. And then I got up in the morning. All the microphones and everything were around the fire pit. Apparently, we had finished the show and had a fire around the fire pit. I remembered none of it. And I played the, sh- I played the show back. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? Like, <laughs> where, where, wow. Like, I was so, like, I was amazed. And that was the first drunk show we'd ever done. I, I swore that I'd never do it again. And there was five. I thought more. you were going to tell me five more. you put him in the fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I might have. I, I could have killed a guy. <laughs> what did I do? You just have one of those faces. That escalated pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was insane. So uh, we've done a, we've done a few uh, drunk shows, and then we did one three four years ago, uh, and I let uh, Kim host the show. I was like, I'll let you host. And Vince Neal called in. She was really nervous to take the call. And so, oh, that's cool. So that started off a little weird. And then an hour later, Lita Ford called in. That oh, wow. And, um, and that was the first time maybe in six years I drank Jaeger because she's like, what's your favorite drink? And I said, my favorite drink really is Jaeger. And I haven't had it in a really long time because I used to drink so much of it. I just wasn't getting buzzed from it anymore. Jesus. So I so I just stop, so I just stopped drinking, <laughs> stopped drinking it, and so they got me a bottle for my birthday because they didn't really think that I loved it that much. And I was there was a couple times where they looked and took pictures, and I was holding it like this. And they're like, "You can put it down. None of us are gonna drink it." Yeah. <laughs> and I got we got drunk on that show, and we did the breathalyzer, and you couldn't tell that I was I was drunk. I, you could hear me talking. I was perfect i was running the show i was going to commercial and then uh, our friend ryan cole who's a police officer showed up for the end to uh make us do the sobriety test and mm. he was just like hey jay i'm gonna need you to stand up and i just didn't look at him and i was like what <laughs> he's like i need you to stand up who you stand up <laughs> and i stood up and i went to like two steps and i fell over i was completely just demolished and it was it was a great time I was pretty drunk on Dan Snobby Wine Show. Whew, yeah, that was a good wine, though. I know, but I was. If you're gonna drunk. get drunk on wine, make sure it's good wine. <laughs> I got drunk pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had an awful lot to not be that drunk. <laughs> I know, but uh, no, never mind. I, think I, <laughs> I was pretty drunk. I didn't think I was that drunk until the next morning. I was like, "Wow, I was pretty drunk." Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. The next morning, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Yeah. Wine hangovers aren't very good. But oh, I, the wine hangovers are the yeah. worst. But I did have zip fizz, and I felt way better. <laughs> well, yeah, zip fizz cures everything, <laughs> even coronavirus. Even yeah. corona, because it's loaded with vitamin B. Yeah. So anal deposit. No. 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 Oh. No. That's just me then. Not, just you. Not. A, not ad. <laughs> You're putting that tube up your butt. The zip fizz tube. Yeah. That's, I don't know if that's. Yeah, why. You, you roll it I don't know. If, I don't melts. know. I don't know if that's wise. <laughs> You know. we, that's our Halloween show. I think we need some appropriate Halloween background noise. Yeah. That would be nice. I love it. Uh, so we're going to do this interview coming up in 
about 20 minutes with James Winburn, who uh, was one of the original uh, Mike Myers. It was an awesome time to uh, interview him back then. They are doing. Uh, they are honoring him this weekend here in Las Vegas and making it uh, official Mike Myers Day. And uh, to get all the information and more about that, as soon as the interview's done, James is going to be calling in. So if you have any oh, questions wow. for Michael Myers uh, and all that, uh, he'll be calling in. So that was a nice little treat at the end because I was trying to get a hold of him before I was going to run this replay, and I couldn't get a hold of him. And then he was like, He's like, man, I'm busy. I go, you ain't playing Mike Myers these days, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So he's gonna, he's, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk with him, and he's gonna tell us uh, how you can be involved this week and go see him and get pictures and all that stuff. Yeah. So. How cool yeah. is Michael Myers? Guy? Michael Myers. Yeah, they're gonna do something here. He's uh, friends with Paul Casey, and Paul Casey yeah. does a lot of stuff in town. He's the one that put in the Abbey Road crossing and all that. Right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that's how I got a hold of James the first time was. Through Paul and Paul's like, well, let me see if I can, you know, track him down for him. So that's right. We got the skinny on Mike Myers. We know, oh. <laughs> we know where he's oh. at. So yeah, that'll be happening a little bit later on. Uh, like I said, nine bad things that happen on Halloween throughout history. We got that, and also uh, I'm gonna have to probably go in and get it. Oh, it's right there. A new Halloween version of Is It a Romance novel or title of a porn? Uh, here's one thing that they talk about that happened on Halloween night. Um, accidental hangings on October 31st, 1990. William Anthony Odom was 15 years old when he accidentally hung himself when staging a gallows scene in the basement of his haunted house. Oh, oh. that's not good. <laughs> that Oops. Is, that isn't good. Uh, satanic murder uh, premonitions on October 31st, 1981. A couple was murdered in their home in Manhattan. They were severely beaten and then shot in the head, execution style, and their house was ransacked. The murder was thought to be related to drugs. However, word from a prison informant turned the case on its head as inmate David Berkowitz, the notorious son of Sam Killer, predicted the murder weeks before it happened. He gave an eerie accurate account of what was done to the slain couple apartment, but could not have uh, perpetrated the murders, so the case to this day remains unsolved. Wow. Yeah, some good stuff. So we'll talk about that and more on the show. And uh, a new new version today of Hey, I Think I Know That Song. (laughs) Congratulations again to J9. All five songs on the top five yesterday. Look at me. 100%. When she hit the fourth song, I was like, I can't believe she's the first one ever. (laughs) Really? To get a perfect score. Damn. I did it. But so. me and my friend did listen to the, the show, and we played over the um, movie quotes, mm-hmm. and they got them all right. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I was pretty pissed about that. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned movies, because uh, we have a new version of that game today as well. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're ready for it. We have 10 all together, and I made it a little hard today, because they are theme songs from these movies. Oh, boy. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> so if you're ready, <laughs> here we go. I'm going to let them play for a little bit so that you can uh, kind of figure it out. You can write you can write them down and determine what you need. Uh, here we go with the first one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Remember, there are ten of them. Okay. 
some of these creep me out. Oh my god! I was putting them together in the dark. <laughs> I had no pants on. I, was just, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more scared that I didn't have pants on. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, where'd my pants go?" I had them when I started. <laughs> oh boy! No. <laughs> yeah. Classic, classic, classic. Oh, that's your first one. Here is number two. close to something else yeah here yeah. we go number three Number four. Every time I hear it, it just gets me a big smile on my face. <laughs> I love that. Uh, number six. The music is actually, like, really cool. You know, like, it's, oh, it, it's, great. it's pretty, too. Like it, it, it makes the movie, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Number seven.
is coming. The buildup is coming. All right, here's number eight. It's so nice, it tricks you. <laughs> getting help over there. All right. I, I hear you. You're getting help over there, No, Dan. I just I get nervous <laughs> when I get texts. Here's number no, nine. No, I swear I'm not. Here's number nine. Last one, number 10. Right. That is all 10. How do you think you guys did? We have a few people listening right now that have made some guesses and gotten some of them correct. <laughs> Here's uh, number one. J9. Any idea? You want me to answer it? Yeah. Is it Damien Omen? The yeah. Omen. I at first thought it was the intro to Exorcist, you know, before the classic music, but I'm going to go with uh, Hellraiser. It is the Omen. Yeah, the original. I want it number two, repeat it. But when you do it, maybe I'll be able to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, here we go. Here's number two. God, I just watched it. <laughs> it's a, it's, I know it. I know it. I got it's it. A, it's an underrated movie for sure. It's creepy as fuck. I got it. Is it Dolls? It's not Dolls. Is it It? No. Damn, I no. had The Conjuring. It's Dead Silence. Ah, I never watched uh, it. Yeah, that's a good one. At least I was in the toy. Uh... You were, you were, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go, well, there's toys in it. Yeah, Dead Silence is great. Yeah, I, I slept on that one. Uh, number three, what do we have? I said uh, Nightmare, Elm Street. I, I had... Damn it. I had Exorcist, crossed it off, but Friday the 13th. But that's wrong. Number three, one of the greatest franchises of all times next to Friday the 13th. It's Saw. Uh, damn it. Oh, yeah. There what it is. Douchebag I am. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Saw coming in at number three. Yeah. Number four. Nightmare on Elm Street. What do you think it is? I had that too. It is Nightmare on Elm Street. Can't wait to see that on Saturday on the big screen. Yeehaw. It's going to be amazing. Just when you hear this. Right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't fall asleep, Tina. Yeah. Whatever you do, Tina, don't fall asleep. I promise. One, I promise I won't. <laughs> what did that bitch do? She fell asleep. Freddy's coming for, <laughs> for you. Three, four, better shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, all right. What do we have for number five? Halloween. Halloween. Of course we got to have that today. Yes. James, James Winburn's going to be on, of course. Probably one of the best songs to a horror movie ever. Everybody knows it. Yeah. It puts you in the mood for Halloween. Most Halloween displays use it. Yeah. Most haunted houses use it. You recognize it. Yeah. It's probably right up there with... Uh, like the Twilight Zone, yeah, or even yeah. There's there's a few, but this one is like, this is the staple Halloween yeah, theme song. Yeah, for sure. Like everybody knows it. It makes you want to just go out and like kick your neighbor's porches that have jack o' lanterns <laughs> on them, or stab them <laughs> with a knife. You know, push a kid over and take his candy. Yes, <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Uh, all right, the next one is also very recognizable. That's the Exorcist. This is the Exorcist. Yeah, tubular bells. Tubular man. Tubular man. <laughs> it was really tubular when she went down the stair like a spider. <laughs> no vomit, no dice. <laughs> we were talking about scary movie two last night, <laughs> and I love when I love when the the opening scene where she pees on the floor and her mother hits her with a dude like she's a dog. I love that. <laughs> the scary movie two is the shit. <laughs> I love that movie. Goddamn enchiladas. <laughs> Taking a shit. Oh, child, take my strong hand. <laughs> so good. Humping the turkey. Yeah. Oh, you got to get the giblets in there. Oh. Get, you, get the giblets. So good. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's so many good parts. In the cast is amazing. Like I said, you had Tim Curry. You had Richard Mulgan from Night Court. Yeah. You had Tori Spelling that was in love with the ghost. Yeah. David Cross in the wheelchair. David Cross, yeah. It's so good. I can do it myself. Yeah. I can toss my own salad. <laughs> uh, all right, number seven. That one was hard. You mentioned it. You did mention it earlier, but it was wrong. The Conjuring. No, this is Hellraiser. Oh. We're unreleasing the box. Pinhead's on his way out. <laughs> yeah. And number eight. Dun, dun, dun. Starts a little slow, but it does get beautiful. It is Carrie. Incorrect. Really? Is that's not one like the, her hand comes out of the grave? Mm-mm. What? What? It is Fright Night. No. It is Critters. No. It is Gremlins. <laughs> no. <sighs> Poltergeist. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know. Walk toward July, Carolyn. <laughs> Swimming around with all the skeletons and dead bodies at the end of the movie. Yeah. At what point did the parents just say, "Let's make another kid"? Fuck this I love that when uh, they. Stop. I love that when they put Caroline on the Caroline on the on the on the chair and she slides across the kitchen floor because at first they think it's really cool and then I'm like, "Oh shit, she got sucked up into the ceiling. That ain't cool anymore. Yeah, Where's no. she at?" <laughs> They They're said that here, motherfucker. they were real skeletons <laughs> that they put in the pool. I read that. I don't know if it's true. When they let see, they, well, that was on a. Uh, they uh, apparently there was a cemetery there, and they didn't know when they built the the, the housing track there. Yeah. Right. So they they cursed that movie. They said. There was, yeah. There's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot crazy. of things going on with that movie and the sequel. All right, everybody. We know what number <laughs> okay. nine is. 
This is the greatest movie of all oh, time. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> That'd be Friday the 13th. Yes, the original Friday the 13th, 1980, right there. Let's just take that in for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a friend of the Christie's. Kind of, if you think about it, <clears throat> kind of sounds a little bit like Psycho. Right, you know, it does. The, 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 the shower yeah. scene. Like, yeah. 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 Let's go. Oh, God. Yeah. Damn. Now it makes me want to go watch some more. And I got this fucking show I got to finish. <laughs> 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 and our final one. It's a great movie. It won an Academy Award. The cast is unbelievable. <laughs> Was it Rubber? No. <laughs> no, Rubber didn't win any awards, but my God, it should. <laughs> I'm going to vote that it does. I put The Conjuring again. No. Damn it. I don't know. I don't know. Can you see the lambs, Clary? Oh, silence. Oh, <laughs> silence of the lambs. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good thriller. I think too many people sleep on that movie as an idea of a great horror movie. But it is it, it's, fantastic. And he's so iconic. Just the looks that he gives. Just the whole... Um, oh, it's just amazing. Yeah. How many did you get? Oh, uh, you know what? It was tough. I knew it was going to be tough. Two. Okay. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like two. Uh, well, we're going to take a break. When I come back, uh, we're going to have our interview that I did with J uh, James Whitburn. Uh, and you'll learn a little bit about the original Halloween movie and all the cool things that he got to do in it. And uh, then we will connect with him live and uh, find out about Michael Meyer Day that's happening this weekend here in town. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Ooh. On top of that, we are The Rock and Comedy Show, episode number 1,255. And by now, you should have a drink in your hand and your pants should be off. Now is a great time to replace your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-245-1372. 800-245-1372. That's 800-245-1372. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Moments CBD is a local business in North Las Vegas with essential natural CBD products that helps with pain, anxiety, inflammation, and so much more. Their team of experts can help you with all your CBD needs. Moments CBD also carries washable medical masks and hand sanitizer with 70% alcohol, vitamin E, and aloe. Moments is having an amazing deal for June. 50% off all immune-boosting CBD products for you and your pets. Mention the Radio Vegas Rocks ad for the special. Located on 1311 West Craig Road at the Home Depot Shopping Center. Call 702-463-1616 for more info. They care about your health. As a punk host, I say a lot of controversial things. And one of them I'm going to say right now is, Evil Pie has the best pizzas in the world. There. 
I said it. What are you going to do? Come fight me over it? I'll tell you what. Come to Vegas. Go to 508 Fremont Street and try it for yourself. The best pizzas in the world. You can get the classics, pepperoni or cheese, or you can try one of their signature tastes like the Gang Green, Balls to the Wall, Berry White, Hog Heaven. They even have gluten and vegan options for you if you're into that. And even specialty pizzas for certain types of the year. You remember when the grasshoppers took over? Evil Pie made the cannon hopper. That's right, a grasshopper pizza. And it sold out in minutes. Not only do they have great pizzas, but they also throw punk rock shows in the patio. You know, once COVID's over. But it's 508 Fremont Street. That's the best place for pizza. It's right there in the heart of downtown. So go to the Evil Pie. Check it out for yourself. I guarantee it. You'll say, damn, this is the best pizzas in the world. Hello, my friends. I'm here to tell you about Juan's Flaming Fajitas and Cantina, the best Mexican restaurant in all of Las Vegas. Located at 9640 West Tropicana, the food is so fresh that even Mexicans can't tell the difference between this and, say, their mama's cooking. By the way, do you like beans and rice? Of course you do, and you will get lots of that here. Not only that, but they also have chimichangas, burritos, pollo asada. You can get one item, two item, three item combinations, and everywhere in between. Something for the whole family. Not only that, but there are also white kids working there too. Well, the food is uh, amazing. It is a happy hour every day from three to seven. Great drink specials like the Corona Rita for $6. And you can drink those all you like. $6 is cheap. That's only about 100 pesos. Not bad. Even my cousins across the border can afford that. Okay, if you need to call them, it's 702-823-1400. That's Juan's Flaming Fajitas and Cantina. Check us out on our free app and take us with you. And we meet at the Denny's and no. we compare notes. No, I never said Denny's. I hop. No. I, I said that you know how I feel oh, about IHOP. Don't start don't, you know, I, you socialist. I don't want to get into this debate again. Okay. I enjoy IHOP. I'll have a cup of coffee. You will have pancakes and you'll like it. RadioVegas.rocks, where Vegas goes to rock. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. <laughs> trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween. 
Come on out. Comedy show and on our phone line right now, uh, one of the many legends to uh, fulfill the role of Michael Myers is on the phone right now. Give it up for uh, James Winburn. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. So, Halloween, man. What a what a fantastic movie. 1978. Yeah, it was an interesting, low budget uh, horror film that uh, Jenner Hill and John Carpenter put together. They wrote the script. They did the production on it, and John directed it, and uh, Deborah Hill was a production person, and she executed, you know, produced it, and uh, she brought in Don Barons and uh, and a group of people that she worked with, uh, and doing a lot of low-budget films, which I worked with her and uh, Don and, and a lot of the guys on these low-budget films, and uh, so when she called me, uh, she told me it was a, uh, they were behind and uh, they had some serious problems and they they wanted someone to come in and just do what they want to do and, and go home. And I said, okay. So I did it as a favor. <laughs> Thinking that the movie's probably not going to be successful. Well, yeah. You, it, 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 <laughs> with a $300,000 film, uh, the uh, distribution company that uh, was uh, doing the distribution, they, they really didn't even want to put up $300,000. <laughs> but they talked them into it, and, uh, and it, the amount of, the, the most money that was paid out to anybody, uh, out of, you know, was uh, Donald Pleasant. He got twenty grand for working one week. And, uh, and that was the week that uh, I worked with him, and uh, and and Don was really a really uh, neat character. He, he was a fabulous individual person, a uh, hell of an actor, and uh, came out of England and, and I mean out of the acting uh, university over there, which most of those actors came out of that. Peter O'Toole and all those people came out of the same school, and they were all tremendous, uh, tremendous actors and personality people and. Uh, so it was really uh, fun working with Don, and that's the first time I met him, and uh, we had a great time. Now, I mean, and for a movie like uh, like Halloween coming out in 1978, $300,000 uh, to produce it, and basically... Uh, all the, for the most part, most of the actors uh, were unknown. Like Jamie Lee Curtis at the time, nobody had heard of her. Um, and you weren't, you're, you're not known really for acting. You're more of a stuntman, isn't that correct? Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I doubled, uh, I was a personal double like with Barry Bothwick for off and on for 22 years. And uh, uh, David Hathaw for Knight Rider uh, for four seasons. And I was his personal double, you know, doing it for martial arts and spikes and it's falls and jumping and doing that. I, I didn't drive the car. That was the other guys who were in the show, uh, like Jack Gill and, uh, and the people out of the ASI that they brought in with the group he was in at that time, because I would belong to the Summit Association. So, there, you know, I, I doubled Peter O'Toole for almost off and on for six years, and it was fun, and it was a, really a great uh, thing. And there were so many actors that I doubled that uh, I was doing really well, and every once in a while I would do a, a kind of like a, an actor stunt job where you'd be an FBI agent to get shot and you go out a window or down the staircase or something, you know, so he went that way and that was about all the biggest lines you would get. And uh, so well, I was known for safety on the set for the actors and the crew and everybody. And, and, and I was in these whole bunch of films, you really don't have the time to do a shot over and over and over because things wasn't done properly. So uh, working with Deborah and, and uh, Don Behrens, uh, we, we pretty much did everything and, and pretty safely in one take. And wow. every once in a while something went wrong, like camera would hang up or something, you know, but it wasn't uh, injuring anybody. So fortunately, uh, I wasn't really uh, known as an actor but in the business, I was known as a, as a stunt coordinator and a uh, stuntman. Now, uh, I've always I've always heard that there was more than one uh, person to play Michael Myers in not just the first movie, but several of them. Is that correct? Oh yeah, in the first movie, you had uh, because of the, of the budget that they had, they uh, Nick Castle was uh, the favorite. He was the original Shea, uh, and, and the reason he he was uh, brought in is because he was a personal friend of John Carpenter. They were uh, at the film school in SC, and John uh, and them were pretty good close friends. And uh, so he he asked Nick, and I don't know if Nick really wanted to do it because most people don't want to be an actor and develop a part where your face is never seen, you don't have any lines and you got a mask on and you walk around like a little zombie or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but he did it as a favor, but but here's the real hook of the whole thing. He, uh, he appeared in a few scenes, but the guy who was really the uh, John Carpenter, Michael Myers, was the, uh, the, the production uh designer and editor of the film, which was Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace was putting the mask on and, and playing the characters uh, in all the different locations because they couldn't afford to bring me in or couldn't afford, Nick Castle wasn't available. And so he did a lot of the stuff. And uh, so they brought Tony Moran in because they wanted a real young looking face. Now, Tony Moran was the was brother, uh, I mean, I was just, uh, with the brother to the lady, the girl who worked in Happy Days. Uh, and, uh, oh, the girl that played Joni, Erin? 
Yeah, they were uh, they were brother and sister, and they uh, and it's, uh, he needed to get an A card, well, with Screen Actor Guild card, and get you know his face you know, out there and all that. So this was his first shot of, of doing something in front of a camera, and uh, so his whole thing was to. Uh, it's have that little wrestling thing and his mask is pulled off and you saw his face for the first time. And it was a really young guy around 20 years old. That's the only thing Tony did. And uh, then they brought me in uh, because of uh, they didn't want anybody and they were afraid that uh, the liabilities would be too great. So they brought me in to do the Michael Myers uh, taking the shots and going over the railing to the ground. And uh, that was done in Hollywood off of Sunset Boulevard on, up there on Orange Grove Avenue. And uh, so that was the first time I met John. John told me, he said, Jim, stay at my side. If you see anything wrong, make sure nobody gets hurt. And that's what we did. And uh, they brought me in and there was, it was a low budget SAG picture, so there was no money. There really no money on SAG at that time. And it, it was like a half to two thirds of, and very little residuals off the data and all that stuff. And, uh, so I did that mostly as a favor. And, 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 you know, I had no idea that the show was going to end up being a franchise show. Yeah, right. <laughs> And the next guy, who was Dick Warlock, and he, the only reason he got it, because uh, uh, he was a coordinator on uh, on uh, Escape from New York, which was a John Carpenter show, and they wanted me to choreograph it, and uh, Kurt Russell wanted Dick, because Dick uh, stood in for him in Disney when he was a kid, and, and, and doubled him on some other shows. So he got the coordinating show, and they brought me in on the last scene where they were, which was the beginning of the of, of the guys escaping from the island at the very beginning, and they blow us out of the water. That's the only day I worked on the show, and that was done in San Pedro. Well, then the next show was uh, was done by Tommy Lee Wallace directing it, and and Warlock was uh, the coordinator again. And and Warlock on the on the on the second show that he did, uh, he played the monster, and they reduplicated my fall, except they did it in front of the house because Dick is much shorter than I am, and he couldn't get over the railing, so they had to modify the the fall because he thought it was too dangerous for him or something something like that. And uh, and then after that. Uh, there was another guy, there was there, there was Chris Duran, and there was George Wilbur did four, five, and six. And uh, it, was, it just goes uh, down the line of number of, number of guys that, that uh, portrayed a part. But the funny thing of the whole thing, this is, to me, is a, if you watch the DVD that, uh, of uh, John Carpenter and Dever Hill and Nick Castle and all that, and they're talking about the how they did how they made the show up and how they put it together and what they were looking for and stuff and that you know as a uh, little film show for the public 
They made a statement in there that they wanted an actor to create the part of Michael Myers. They didn't want a stunt guy. Well, if you look at the show, of what was at, at the beginning of the show, you had Nick Castle, you had uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, and you had Tony Moran and, and a stunt guy named Jim Lindbergh. Every show after that, which was a franchise, were stunt guys doing the character. Wow. And so they never did have an actor. Because most of these stunt guys were actors, my guys, anyway. And I, I mean, I don't think you really need an actor. In, I mean, in that role, it would be the same as, uh, you know, uh, Jason and Friday the 13th. You know, you're masked up and you don't speak, so... You know, I guess I guess a stunt coordinator is, uh, or a stunt person is the way to go. Well, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's an interesting conversation when you you look at what a producer, writer, well, a writer, producer, and a director when they're looking for a cast and how they want to develop a horror character uh, with a like Jason or Michael Myers or whatever it is, and. Because most of these people come out of film school or acting school or whatever from back east here and they see UCLA, wherever they come out. They have a tendency of thinking that the only person who walks on this earth when they do something is an actor who is creative to a acting school or college or university or, or whatever. But there are so many people in the industry that haven't gone to acting school they have tremendous insight of design that they can walk, talk, and chew and be great in front of a camera. Right. They come off, they turn on. They're just fabulous. And they have no education compared to what it is. So this is kind of a, uh, sometimes a fallacy that an actor can do everything. Now, actors are great uh, as you look at some of the actors in the past, all the way up to the future here. But there's a tremendous amount of stunt guys that are really good professional actors and they had no training at all. But they, they, they do physical stuff. They drive a car, they do high fall, they do fight, they do jerk offs, they do air ramps, they do fire, they do motorcycles and all this stuff. But yet when they get off the bike, they can walk in front of a camera and talk and, and be just as good as a, a character actor that they uh, got for a day. Right. You know, so... So it's an interesting thing. And, uh, and then you got the other characters, uh, uh, Tyler Mann, who came in with uh, Ron Zombie, and he he did all those films for Ron Zombie. What did you... Uh, Tyler Mann is a good actor, and, and he's a good physical uh, person. Did you... Uh, so obviously you've seen the, uh, the Rob Zombie versions. Did you like them? Uh, I went to the, the Halloween, the last one he did. Uh, he invited me down to Grumman Chinese Theater to uh, the red carpet. And uh, and he was late, you know, and I, I was meeting all the actors and everything, and uh, there at Grumman Chinese and when we did the red carpet. And there was a lot of people on the street. They had the street blocked off. And uh, the... Uh, the Grumman Chinese security people came over and asked me if I would go over and say hello to all the people. They were from uh, Japan, Australia, you know, and from Anaheim or San Diego, wherever they, it was all potpourri of a lot of people. 
and and Ron Zombie showed up. So we both went over there, and he's a real short guy. I look, we look like uh, a mutton Jeff. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm six foot two and a half, and he's like five foot four. And uh, and you know, he's got his beard, and he's got his uh, Levi's with ripped kneecaps and this and that, real scruffy coat. You know, right. that's the way he loves to be. You know, a tremendous personality, and and. Uh, Hell of a, uh, a musician and, and things he does, and, and, and he's a very good businessman. And, um, but he likes violence and ugly stuff, and that's his forte, you know, and filmmaking. Right. And, uh, and we went over there, and as we went across the street with the sheriffs and, and the LAPD, the people broke down the barriers and started running in the street around us, and he took off like a bullet. <laughs> he didn't want to drown us. So they were trying to grab me, and I said, no, no, they just want to take a picture. And so I stayed out in the middle of all these guys and girls and people from all these companies take all these chairs and this and that. Then they finally told me that I had to go in the theater because the show was starting. And uh, uh, now we got in the show, and we're all sitting there, and, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of entertaining people were there, and, and uh, we were watching the film. And I have to honestly tell you, uh, I'm a cowboy. I love westerns. Right. <laughs> okay, so it's like night and day when you do. I only did all. I did over 700 films and television documentaries and all kinds of crap in my in my career for it. So I got a lot of stuff behind me. But I love good westerns, and and, and I I love the 40s and 50s westerns and stuff. You know. So here I'm watching, uh, I don't watch horror movies. I have to honestly tell you that. Uh, horror is, is not my genre. I love to work them, but I, I don't watch them. Right. And uh, I'm sitting there with these uh, with these celebrities, and uh, we're, I think we're about 15 minutes into the show, and the guy on the right gets up, and then the girl on his right gets up, and they, and they leave. So there's two vacancies. Then I look over to the left, these people are getting up and they're walking out. So I'm in this aisle all by myself because we're next to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it. And then he's, where they're, he's killing the, uh, the security guard. And it goes on for five minutes because we're listening to Ron Zombie's uh, musical. And, 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 you know, and it was, it, for what it was, it was a good show. But it's, I got up and I left to go to the little boys' room. And when I got out there, I got hit by uh, by uh, by different people who wanted to take pictures and this and that and talk and that and that. And then the uh, the guy who was in charge of the red carpet came over and started talking to me and wanted me to do other things. And well, I ended up missing the whole movie. <laughs> and. Uh, but the only thing I saw was the first 15 minutes, if I saw that. So uh, I supposed to go to the party, but I didn't go to the party because I had to get back because I was leaving for a location. And uh, so I, I, wanted, I, I never got personally, because Ron Zombie wanted to sit down and have a conversation with me about his next show. But anyway, I never got, I never got to do that. So, But yes, yeah, so I saw Ron Zombie's Halloween, and... Uh, it, it it makes Michael Myers of 1978 look like a wimp. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, fair to what uh, Tyler Mann and, and Ron Zombie did with uh, all the killings and the, and the stuff that went on, you know, uh, because we really, in the first one, it was uh, more like Hitchcock. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. And the people started breathing. You could hear them in the, in the audience. You know, because the only show I ever saw on the Halloween uh, series was the first one when they did the screening at the at the Directors Guild, and they had the uh, cast and crew and everybody there. And uh, I went to that, and that was fun. And and I sit there and watch the show, and it was good. And uh, we went out and, and people were drinking champagne and eating the hors d'oeuvres and everything and talking, taking photographs. And I got this big poster and I went around and got everybody's signature on it. And I have it hanged up in my office. And then it disappeared. My son took it. Now he's got it in his office. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, but uh, that was the only Halloween show I ever saw. Wow, and that was at DGA. Now, and I've never seen any other other ones other than Ron Zombie's uh, Halloween, uh, except the first fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> now, when that movie uh, when when that movie wrapped in uh, nineteen seventy eight, did you think, oh, this this isn't going to go anywhere? Well, I worked so many. Uh, I, I, up to that time, I worked so many uh, movies that were low-budget horror movies and uh, suspenseful horror movies and uh, for the foreign market. And um, they, they, they would never really get that American theater. They, they were done and they would ship to Canada or they would ship to uh, Europe or, you know, stuff like that. So it was just another horror movie and, and, and uh, not expecting it to be a franchise movie. It wasn't uh, nothing sensational right. from the point of view of working in. It was a very small crew. It was like working on a second unit uh, compared to what a first unit would have support. Well, second unit is like maybe 20 people. And But I have to tell you, the crew that Dean Cunning and, and Ray Sella, his cameraman, and, and uh, Deborah Hill, they brought in the same crew of these young guys who were filmmakers that ended up being really big in the industry years later because these guys were young in all their department, editing or whatever it was, lighting, grip, uh, camera people, uh, any part that they played in, in these low-budget films, uh, working with Dean Cunney, all became tops in their department. And 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 I'm, I was very happy that over the years that I worked with some of these guys on other shows before I went south. And, uh, and you know, age catches up with you. <laughs> and... Uh, so I started doing, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, uh, just coordinating and second unit and uh, directing. I did, you know, I directed about four or five different films that were horror and action. And then started taking over films that producers started 
and then they were canned because they were way over budget and then they re got some more money and they wanted to finish it and put it out so they would hire me to finish the show for them. So I did a whole flock of those. So it, 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 all this experience I had previously really went into these individual shows to help these people out. And the horror movie agenda of doing Michael Myers and that was a fun experience. But it was, to me, it was just another horror movie. I didn't know where it was going to go. It was like the old say, a horror movie. Puh, puh. You know? <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and and I, I always wish everybody the best because anybody who starts a film project, no matter what cost it is, and they finish it, I have nothing but appreciation for them because they went through the trenches and battles that you put on in production and pre-production and all the posts and all this stuff to get that film done. And, and it, it just amazes me the strength that these people have in the arguments and the debates and the ugliness that goes on, but they got it done. And that's the most appreciation things that I see is what they do for the RV industry. And... Uh, so I was uh, very whelmed that their, their show finally, the first six months that show didn't do anything. They took it off the market. And and then some radio announcers in New York started PRing it, how good it was, because they saw it on an off-Broadway theater. And then suddenly it took traction, and then it started making money. And it, it made over $3 million, over $30 million. Not bad yeah. for a low-budget movie. Right, and that, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that opened up the eyes of the uh, distributor who really didn't care for the movie, you know. Uh, he didn't really want to invest it. And, uh, but uh, then they started doing the franchises after that. And uh, because Denver Hill, she was hoping it would do well, but the first six months kind of shocked her because it was pulled off the market. And she called John and told John that the show was being pulled off the market. And John said, that's okay, I'll go, I'll go and do Elvis Presley to two-parter for ABC. And that's what he did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, but you know, uh, that's the way the business is. And then suddenly that film was picked up by, uh, by a couple of radio uh, MCs in, in New York and, and they PR'd it enough where people started going out and seeing it. And then before you knew it, the show became back on the market again. And a franchise was born and many films followed. Right, right, you know, <laughs> so, but you know, John's been very successful. Deborah has been very successful before her death. Uh, we were very close. Uh, we were very good friends. We did a lot of shows together. I, I, I appreciated her, and I worked for her, and she was even my AD on, on when I did Second Unit. And then I worked for her as a producer, and and very professional woman. She brought a lot of information to the industry for women to, to be producers and directors. So the industry owes her a lot, because she worked hard, and the good old boys club tried every which way to keep the women down, especially her, because she was a very talented lady. So I really appreciate her as a friend, and we had a lot of good times of working different films. And uh, 
and meeting all the people that that worked for her, I think they all had the same appreciation. Uh, Dean Cunney and Ray Stella and John Barons and all these guys that we did a lot of shows together. And uh, and they were all low budget, you know. And, and, and it was interesting that this woman never really got her dues uh, before her death. And yeah. Everybody knew her, especially in the horror genre, but in reality, she was one hell of a production woman. Right on. Yeah, and and Carpenter, he's in his own ball game. You know, he's he's done very well, and uh, selling the franchise, making money off of it, and and um, doing his shows and stuff. You know, and John's a real nice man. Right. You know? I just uh, like I said. Uh, I did Fog, and he got upset with me because I was running three other shows in Los Angeles, and I was flying up there every night and working all night, and then I'd fly back to Los Angeles, back to Burbank, and then work at Warner Universal and did down in Paramount. And then at nighttime, I'd get back on the plane, the last plane out of Burbank, fly up to San Francisco, rent a car, and drive up to where we were shooting at every night for a week. And I kind of pissed him off. <laughs> and so, because, uh, you know, it's the coup de grace of this business is when a producer or a director says, you're my man, you're going to work every show I ever do again. You say, I don't know. Well, that's like the kiss of jest. Yeah, because you're missing out on other jobs, too. Yeah, and so, but he's a, he's a very honorable man and, and very talented, very bright, a uh, hell of a musician. And... Uh, it was it was great knowing him and and working with him, which I, I like to done more. But that's the way the business is. It is. Well, James, I want to thank you so much for calling in today and uh, sharing stories about Halloween and Michael Myers and all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate the call. You know, I hope you saw that video I sent you. I did. It was great. Well, put it out on your air. I will, man. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you for calling and your. And I, I wish you guys the best. And it was really great meeting you down there at El Cortez doing that uh, Beatles uh, celebration. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah that so was definitely a lot of fun. For the best to all of you. Oh, well, thank you very much. And uh, James, again, thanks for uh, taking the time. You're guys. Give it up for James Whitburn. Classic interview. Yeah. Yeah, it goes, uh, that goes way back. Uh, that's uh, That originally aired on episode... 565. Whoa. <laughs> that's way back. That's uh, when I blew my vocal cords out, too. So that's, yeah, but yeah. you sounded smooth. It was a different kind of good. Yeah, yeah. it was. I was, I was kind of getting over it. You know, I was adjusting to the fact that my voice would never come back. Uh, we're going to take a break. When I come back, uh, James Whitburn will be on the phone live uh, to tell us about Michael Meyer Day coming up this weekend. Woo! So I'm excited about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, uh, We've got that, and like I said, we're going to play a, a a twisted version of Hey, I Think I Know That Song, Ooh. and that's going to come up when we're done with uh, with James, but uh, we're going to go into a break from a, uh, leading into a song from 1968. This is the first recording of Black Magic Woman done by... Black Magic Woman. Yeah, bye. Uh, guess who? No. No. Good. That's a good well, answer. That's definitely. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, it's done by Fleetwood Mac. Uh huh. I got a black magic woman. I got a black 
1968 that is the first recording of black magic woman done by fleetwood mac it is the rock and comedy show it's our halloween show and uh for those of you just joining us welcome but uh get a watch the show has been on for an hour and 14 minutes and you missed so much but uh joining us on the phone line right now live this time uh we have james whitburn how you doing buddy i'm doing great well uh, welcome back to the show we just uh played the interview that you did with me a few years back and uh you know it's so good to hear exactly you know uh how it all came together once again <laughs> so uh how are you well i'm doing good you know with this virus stuff it uh kind of stops everything but i you know still it doesn't stop michael myers no stranger to wearing a mask yeah. <laughs> yeah. no stranger yeah. to wearing a mask <laughs> so yeah, you know and, and Everybody looks like a gangster when you walk out there because, you know, for years and years, the guys that held up the banks and the stores always wore masks. Now everybody wears a mask, so you don't know the good guys or the bad guys. Yeah, my friend said the other day, Jay, are you excited for Halloween? I go, I've been wearing a mask for eight months and eating candy. No, I'm done. (laughs) This is the longest Halloween I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen Halloween already this season, and uh, I'm sure it's not done. There's like, what is there, 42 movies now? 
But uh, you are doing something pretty special out here in uh, Las Vegas this weekend. Let's talk about it. Yes, uh, it's uh, been an honor that uh, Las Vegas and the councilman and the mayor and all the people allowed and making a proclamation for me to be uh, Michael Myers' Jim Winburn Day on Halloween. That's so awesome. It's insane. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, What an honor. So uh, what kind of things are going to happen during uh, James Whitburn and uh, Halloween Day? Well, uh, there's a... uh, on tomorrow, uh, to Thursday, at that uh, movie park over there on Elton Drive, uh, they're going to give me the award, and we're going to talk and uh, and probably sign some autographs and take pictures with the people. Uh, there should be a, I don't know how many people will be there, or you know, if it'll be two or two hundred or more. <laughs> you know, I don't because you know it. Uh, it's a situation that. Uh, for me, it's, it's really an honor because uh, a couple years ago, they honored John Carpenter when he was in town. I think it was about a year and a half ago or maybe a year ago, uh, maybe about two years ago, I guess, that uh, he was uh, playing at one of the uh, casinos and uh, John Carpenter thing. And, and while he was there, they gave him an award, which they're giving me one this Thursday night for Halloween. But uh, they gave John, and and I was there when he received it, and we haven't seen each other for, God, quite a few years, because the last show I did with him was Fog, and uh, and then we kind of went uh, a different direction, because uh, he, I, I was running a lot of shows and directing a lot of state shows, and and traveling the world and all that. And he wanted me to stay and kind of hold his hand and work with all the other shows. And I just couldn't do that, so we kind of parted company. But he's a real nice gentleman, and he's very talented and musician-wise, director-wise, producer-wise. But he has a lovely lady named Deborah Hill who uh, really opened up the doors for the, the ladies to get more involved into the production and producing and production managers and directing and other than just being an actor and stuff like that. And she was well-bred, and uh, she brought with Dean Cunney, the camera guys. They, uh, we worked about three, maybe, oh, I would say about three dozen or shows or something, low-budget, non-union, Screen Actor Guild shows. And, and, and she was AD on it, and when I took the unit out she was my ad so we became really good friends and uh she and john uh wrote uh and and uh, she produced he directed and did the music on it and plus uh, partial editor with uh uh tommy lee wallace and another gentleman and uh and don barons was a production manager who was a very close friend of mine we were like a family, and the night I worked Halloween was the first night I met John, and uh, we uh, hit it off really well, and uh, I did three shows with him, and that was about it. Awesome. Well, I, I don't want to keep you on the phone line too long. I know we got a big show ahead. Uh, so this is happening just tomorrow or uh, all weekend? Well, uh Thursday they're giving me a award, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, Thursday. 
and uh, and then the, when the war that late that night, uh, there was a lot of things planned. Uh, Paul Casey and his uh, entertainment production company uh, with the uh, city of Las, Las Vegas and LCV and all these people and, and whatever, uh, they were all working together. Uh, but this COVID-19 uh, virus uh, kind of screwed everything up to a lot of situations. So I don't know all the stuff that's uh, really uh, going on or or has been going on, and then they canceled out, or what? I don't know. Uh, it, it's more up to uh, uh, Paul Casey, and because he he's the one to produce it, and uh, and because he works very heavily, doing uh, uh, tremendous work. Uh, the Car Star Show, bringing celebrities. Yeah, he does all in. kinds of stuff. Yeah, and he's a hell of a musician and singer and. And he uh, he's created a lot of in, uh, situations for the residents of Las Vegas, and uh, he brought talent and all that stuff, working with the various casinos and on Fremont Street and all that stuff. And uh, he's an outstanding uh, entertainer and 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 a, and a man who directs uh, to bring talent and shows and. And, uh, and keep it current to Las Vegas. So I, you know, I'm very grateful to him. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and uh, in the city of Las uh, Las Vegas. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll I'll get the information and I'll uh, I will uh, put it up on our Rock and Comedy Show Facebook page for those who want to go out on Thursday. James, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're uh, surviving the virus. Oh, I'm surviving. <laughs> uh, are you, do you have any? Uh, I, I, do, you know, I, just, I feel like the Lone Ranger. Do you have any projects coming up that you're working on? Yeah, uh, I've been, uh, I've been uh, directed. Well, the they producers called me. They want me to do a, a real good old part on an upcoming show. Uh, there was actually two two films that were offered to me. One was a western where I played a, an old time uh, rancher who uh, is a real ornery son of a gun, <laughs> and a lot of dialogue and a lot of uh, you know typical western period stuff. And uh, then uh, I was offered this other show, and all of them has been kind of canceled because of the locations that they were shooting and with this virus. So. After the first year, it's going to be popping for all the entertainers and and uh, actors and different shows, and uh, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, uh, a lot of good things are going to come up for the industry and the entertainment side, and uh, and there's a lot of good things planned by my agent, uh, Peter Delory and uh, agency, uh, and uh, he he does a wonderful job of. Uh, of getting conventions and different things for me and to uh, meet people and sign autographs and photographs with uh, all the people. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a real populated, uh, interesting uh, 2021. <laughs> really compared to what... It's got to be better than what we're in right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I, I did some shows down in North Carolina and, and, uh, 
that was uh, really an experience down in North Carolina at, at Greenville, and and uh, the people turned out was just amazing. And and the way they, you thought you were down on Hollywood Boulevard, where everybody was walking around with no mask, <laughs> people were eating out on the on the sidewalks with those big clubs down there. It was just a really a beautiful four days uh, situation. And then meeting the people and talking to them, and and uh, questions were asked was uh, questions about Halloween, and. Uh, there are so many good things that uh, brought to mind, you know, because you had Nick Castle, who was actually, the, uh, you know, the beginning of it. And then there was Tony Moran, who was uh, Michael Myers, where they pulled the mask off because he wanted a young guy. Uh, I wasn't young, and Tommy Lee Walls wasn't young, and Nick Castle didn't look young. So they, they went out and they got Tony Moran, and he did a wonderful job. And, and then you had Jamie Lee who did a, a beautiful job, because I knew her father really well because I'd done a lot of shows with him. And he was a, a really a good gentleman, and we had a lot of, a lot of times. And uh, we did a show back in Atlanta, I think it was Atlanta, and, uh, and that was, he was there as one of the celebrities, and we sit down and talk, and then a few months later he passed away. <laughs> and he, he was a, a really... A, a, an inspirant to work with, and uh, I had a lot of fun with him. But Jamie Lee and her mother, she got a lot of talent from those two people, and she did a very wonderful job, and plus all the other actors that they brought in, and a lot of them got their A card out of it because uh, it was a non-union screen actor $300,000 show, and the only guy that made any big money was Donald Pleasant. Wow. You know, so he, it was he, an interesting combo of a lot of things. And uh, John and, and all those people, could they did a, they did a, a, a DVD uh, on the subject of putting that show together and, and with Nick Castle and, and Deborah Hill and John Carpenter and, and a few guest people. And it's very well done for interest of the Halloween uh, how they put it together and, and how they filmed it, and the, the the good and the bad and the and the subject matter devolved things that happened, you know, and how it came out and the wars and became a hit that it became. <laughs> it, it's, you know, from a from a movie that had very little budget at all has uh, you know has an amazing fan base that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely grown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, like I say, I, I you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, compared to what uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, he was the all-around cowboy on that show. He was the production man, uh, uh, production designer. He was the prop guy. He played Michael Myers, and, and he was the, Michael Myers in the closet when uh, when she was in the closet, and he was opening door, and she was <laughs> this and that. And, and then, you know, and they brought me in because Deborah knew me because the liability on the show, and they didn't want to get anybody hurt, so they brought me in to make sure that no one got hurt, and then I did the fall. And uh, but everybody did a wonderful, <laughs> which is like the one of the most iconic scenes in the movie. Yes. So, so that's awesome that you yes. did that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 the, and the real super thing about it was we only did it one time. 
John, uh, John and I, we uh, before I did it uh, upstairs, and it was about twenty foot, but it was an optical because of the uh, the banister that went around the, the porch, and then the eave came down. I only had eighteen inches between the two because they built the railing up real high because the people that owned the house had uh, grandchildren and children, and they didn't want them to fall off the patio. So they built the thing upside. So I had to go between this level and go straight out and fall. But John, in our conversation before I did it, we talked about the character of Michael Myers. He just didn't want a flat and, and uh, ugly movement and all that. He wanted a John... He wanted a Michael Myers character that would that you see him walking across the the uh, the streets or this or that. They want him the same way in the air, and so I tried to do it, and it was very successful as it seems, and uh, and he was very happy with it. And then uh, we did it in one time, and uh, Dean Cunney was. We 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 had we did it to a porter pit, which was very small compared to what we normally use, and then we put the camera right at the base of it. Then we put the the porter pit with coffee plastic uh, styrofoam uh, coffee cups underneath the pad. So as soon as I hit the pad, I don't bounce back up. The coffee cup just takes me down below camera frame, so it was a good shot all the way. And uh, so everybody was happy, and and uh, and it, but everybody did a wonderful job. The sound man, the uh, Ray Stella, the cameraman, and all the production people, the gaffers and the grips, and all that. They worked a lot of hours on a low budget show, and and not having the best catering on all the time, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, so they uh, they survived, and but they're a great crew. And if you look at them today, and I have to say this, every one of those guys who work on the crew have elevated themselves into the union of, of production, AI, and film, and, and uh, operators, and all this, and editors, and sound. And if you look at them, and, at the name of these guys, they've all won awards in the uh, for television and film and academy for camera, and and Dean Connie today, in the last few years, has been one of the best DP camera guys in the world. That's awesome because of outstanding work of all the films that he did after Halloween. They brought him into the into the uh, the light, as they would say. So I was very fortunate to know these people, but. They are completely wonderful, professional people that knew their craft. And that was why the story became, and the film became so good. And then they, and, and, and you can see all the sequels that followed. Right. So, I you mean. Know, and I know, I know all the guys that played the Michael Myers, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I know them all. Man. A few of them were in the association. They're friends of mine. And uh, the uh, the people, one of the biggest questions people ask me is, have I seen, uh, do I watch the Halloween film series? And I have to be honest with people, 
I have never seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah I mean, in the interview we played, I remember you talking about you only saw 15 minutes of the of the remake yeah, from uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they had uh, the screening of Halloween uh, at BGA and the crew for the crew and the actors and everybody. <laughs> well, I was working downtown, so I got there late as I was doing a cop show downtown, and then. Uh, they wrapped us, and I got there. And then, so when I walked in, half the show was all uh, my uh, Halloween was already passed. So I only saw a few minutes of it, and then I t- went out into the cafeteria uh, area with the, for the buffet and all that stuff, <laughs> and was talking to everybody. And and, er- and everybody said, "Why do you do this?" And what you know, you know how people are at yeah. trainings, and yeah, and you know everybody's patting themselves on the back and all that stuff. <laughs> And having a good thing, and uh, so I only saw part. I've never seen the full film of Halloween, even though I have the DVD and <laughs> and and I do. But I've never seen any of the other ones. Well, you know, they're on TV all the time. <laughs> you won't yeah, miss them around this time of year. <laughs> when Ron Zombie did his Halloween, he he called me and asked me if I would come down to Grumman's Chinese on Hollywood Boulevard for their premiere, and that's when I met uh, uh, their uh, Michael Myers, which was uh, Tyler Mann, and a tall and good-looking guy and all that stuff. And then they asked us to go out on the street because they had it all blocked off, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people all over. And and so Rob and I, we went out on the street. We had security. And they broke through the fence, and Rob <laughs> took off. I'm going to go. And he ran like a son of a gun. I said, where are you going? <laughs> he said, they're going to kill us. <laughs> I said, no, they just, they just want to take a picture of you and shake your hand. So anyway, we was out there, and I had a lot of fun. And the security people came and got me because they were starting to film. And then uh, I was sitting at uh, next to the wall at Grubbins Chinese, when they started the film, and I only saw about maybe 12 or 15 minutes of it, <laughs> when they got to the scene where the security guard uh, was being killed by Michael Myers for five minutes. <laughs> because uh, Rod Zombie scored the music, which he is a big music fan, and he records all his music, and, and he, he's a very popular in Europe. And that's what it was for. So he does this whole sequence of music on this killing of the security guy. Well, I, I, so I got up and, and left, and I was in the lobby getting ready to leave, and he came over to me and said, where are you going? <laughs> and I said, I'm going home. He said, aren't you going to watch the show? And I said, look, you're making Michael Myers in 1978 look like a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> and he started yeah. laughing, you know. <laughs> he said, well, you're going to the party? And I said, no, i got to go home because i got to work tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he wanted me, uh, he said, I, but I don't know if, it, if he meant it, but he wanted me to think about working with him on some project. But he, he's a real nice man, and, uh, and you know, and Tyler Mann is, uh, is a very nice man and good gentleman. And we became good friends, uh, and we did a, a, con- uh, a convention in Baltimore. Was it Baltimore? Uh, yeah, I think it was Baltimore. And uh, at this old, uh, beautiful 
train station that's been vacant for a hundred years, and it's got ghosts in there. So they put on this show because of the people that was put on it. So anyway, we did the, uh, a uh, on stage. We did a Q and A, and Tyler and I, and it was so much fun and comedy. I got the tape and I put it on my on my website. If anybody wants to look at it. And uh, it, you know, on you know jamesvwenburn dot com, and you can go to my website and go to uh, Halloween, and and you'll see the, and click it, and you'll see uh, Tyler and I's conversation. We had so much fun, and he's such a gentleman, and and I I wish him the best. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to try and do my best to come and see you on Thursday. I think that's going to be an awesome event, and I want to thank you for calling in, buddy. Well, I appreciate you calling, and, and I like to say uh, this is all being uh, promoted and, and, and it's happening by Paul Casey. All right, and we'll see you on Thursday. Only in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much. Give it up for James Whipper and everybody. Man, how, how awesome. How freaking awesome. Double, a double yeah. James today. Ooh. Pre-recorded and live. Yeah, it's awesome. That guy's yeah. amazing. Yeah, if you look up some of the stuff that he's been stuntman for, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, he's done a lot of stuff. Then you like the fog. Oh, yeah. So he's in that. Mm. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, and to <laughs> have that iconic falling scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean. So what if you're only in the movie five minutes? It's the best scene. Yeah, the best the scene. <laughs> it's the best it's, scene. Yep. Yeah. So it's awesome. But anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick music break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, some games and uh, more. More. We got a dramatic reading coming up from yes, Mr. AJ Wolfman I, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm nine feet tall and my skin is gray. All the girls scream when I come out to play. They scream and they scream and they run away. I'm one of a kind. Doctor, doctor, you're the one to blame. You put me together. You forgot the name. So me a lady. So me a lady. So me a monster lady.
man's heart and a dead man's brain. I look in the mirror and it's pure pain. Stop the things that you do
If you don't want me, I'm yours right now. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Because you're mine. Because you're mine. Here at the Rock and Comedy Show, I love to play amazing covers. That, of course, is Tim Curry doing. I put a spell on you. That man is fantastic. He can sing just about anything. Yeah. And well, he does have a couple albums. People are surprised when they find that out. I'm like, he didn't just sing for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he likes other tunes. And then uh, One Ring Zero ahead of that with the Frankenstein Monster song, because it is our Halloween special. And uh, we may run over a little bit tonight. I mean, what do they say? I own the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Coming up, an interview that I did with uh, Richard O'Brien, speaking of Tim Curry, of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, in honor of the 45th anniversary of the movie this year. So we'll have that towards the end uh, of the show. But uh, <laughs> right now, a lot of grabbed a lot of attention last night talking about Jennifer who poops at parties. <laughs> so I thought I would play another one of Fula's little uh, messages. And this one uh, is also about parties and something that you shouldn't take or something you didn't see. Hmm. You'll have to listen. Here it is. I was last night at a party <laughs> with my friend Kevin. We are there. Hang out, talk, blah, blah, you know. <laughs> and then Kevin, all in sudden, look to a lady. And he said to me, Flula, look, this lady have a very large camel toe. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I see no I see no camel toe. <laughs> I see normal toes of human. She is wearing the uh, uh, heel high, heel high shoes, heel high shoes. Yeah, yeah. And the toes are out. They look at normal toes, normal Homo sapien toes. <laughs> no camel toe. I would see this immediate. It is. <laughs> this is in the in the in the shoe. Heel high explosion. This is a heel high explosion. This shoe will not make us survive. So I seen I, I seen a camel toe. What is it in the purse? She have a camel toe in a purse. She brings us to a party. What? Why you bring a camel toe to the party? What is this? Nature shows and tells party. No, it is. Let us have some drink and perhaps make dance party. What you do you? You come to the party. Hello, everyone. Oh, look, I have nature limbs here. Look here. We have a cheetah arm and oh, a, a, a fox arm. finger here. And oh, look, also a camel toe. <laughs> what? Nobody wants to see this. This is not a museum. This is not a natural history museum. Oh, my God. How do you have camel toe anyway? What are you from safari? Are you from the safari? You was in Africa. Bang, bang. Shoot, shoot. Hunt, hunt here. Why you have this? The camel toe. You shoot camels? Who make a hunt of camels? The most slow animal of all of the safari animals. Yeah, great work with your skill of hunt. You shoot sleeping camel. Bang, bang. Yeah, maybe bang, next bang. year shoot a cactus. Yeah, moving same velocity as camel. 
Yeah. Do not, do not bring the camel toe to the party. You know, bring to party, bring to party some brownies. <laughs> oh my god! A snack. <laughs> I wonder if it was Jennifer that brought the camel toe. <laughs> yeah, after she pooped at the party. <laughs> after she pooped at the party with the door open. <laughs> uh, which uh, led me to bring uh, bring one of my favorite videos back because uh, I. <laughs> This one makes me laugh. And if you guys have never heard it, you are going to just uh, laugh your asses off. This is on an old cable access show. It goes back a few years now. This is a, a pastor talking about how the dick is so good. Ooh. <laughs> uh -oh. Okay. Kind of reminds me of how Janine acts when she finally gets, you know. That normal guy. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, so funny. <laughs> Holy dick. <laughs> so it's funny because there's another interview on, there's another person interviewing her on the show. And when you watch the actual video, you can see the confusion in the interviewer's face. But the pastor, she knows what's up. <laughs> she knows what, she's explaining the story, but I've always felt that this happened to her, not her friend. Right. So here is uh Here's a little explanation about the power of dick being so good. Oh boy. My mama was telling me, she said she was having sex with this man. She was sitting on top of him riding. And she said she had gotten into a groove, so, you know, she might have gripped his head or she might have put her hands on his shoulders or locked them around the back of his neck, so she made sure it was just like a horse. She had that saddle and she had the rope, so she couldn't let go. And as she got into that groove, she's sitting on him, she rocking, and she rolling her rhythm, and she had just forgotten where she was. She got into a deep state of euphoria because cause she said the dick was good. But it's all the problem, though. She said the dick was so good that as she started rocking, she just got into it, and all of a sudden, she said something just hit her. Bam! All upside his head. Just slapped him. Dick will make you slap somebody. So y'all need to remember that. That's why I'm trying to deal with the fact. Wait a minute. Oh. Now, you telling me your story, and then you switch it on me and say the woman in ecstasy and turn around and slap somebody. She slapped him upside the head. And I said, why did you slap? She said, I couldn't help it. She just said, I know your audience. Okay, go on. No, go ahead. No, you. <laughs> she doesn't Finish believe it. I want to hear why she slapped him. <laughs> I told you, she said she just got into this groove. She found her rhythm. See, that's what women don't realize. That's one reason why we get caught. Because the penis is a very <laughs> powerful organ. It's a very... Um, Deep spiritual sexual I'll make you slap somebody. Heat seeking <laughs> missile. <laughs> it's just like a rocket, see. And inside of every rocket, there's information encoded. Oh, they in have information in them now. <laughs> they have become one on that spiritual sexual level. So she starts to find the groove, and the parts of his penis start hitting the parts of her vagina walls. Harmonizing them, making them sing. Harmonizing. Huh? So she's like in church, jumping and shouting because that man hitting them walls like she needed to hit them walls. And she said it was so good. And she relaxed. And she said at one instant it was feeling so good to her. The thought crossed her mind that he might let somebody else have a little sample of that. She said it's just, just the feeling of being caught up in the pleasure and, and then thinking about, wait a minute, he might do this right here? She said she just slapped him. So I'm just saying sometimes you have to be aware that because dick will make you slap somebody in the face. <laughs> 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 
they can make you pull a gun and shoot somebody in the damn face. See, oh, you got to be careful. That's what a lot of us have really gone overboard with this. I told you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, you ever have a? You ever have that good? Yeah. Get the Holy Spirit good. <laughs> what, what She's like, yeah. Well, what's? She's had that Holy Spirit good. That good, good. How come you didn't ask me that question? Because <laughs> I know you have. Oh. <laughs> He's all I gave. I it was to there. You. I get it. <laughs> you gave you made your breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting them walls, Lord Jesus. Hitting yeah. them walls. I only it give... was so good when he hit the walls. He slapped upside the head. <laughs> only give credit to one person for that. So that's it. That's it. Well, just I don't need one. to hear that. Yeah. I just wanted to know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> just one person. We don't give a fuck who it was. <laughs> he knows who he is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I still scream his name when others. <laughs> no. Are. No, no, no. no. Oh. I'll never admit to it. Oh, the walls, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they're, they're harmonizing. Oh, Lord. Yeah, Jesus it's Christ. Bohemian Rhapsody in, uh, <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. Oh, my Jesus wall. Christ. I just had the smack him in the face. <laughs> now on the Rocket and Comedy Show. Is it a romance novel? Or the title of a porn. That's right. Is it a romance novel or a title of a porn? Sponsored by our friends at spunklube.com. Use promo code ROCKINCOMEDY for discounts and first-time shoppers. You're going to get free shipping and handling. Giggity. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There are 15, as you know, and we're going to go through them. This is a Halloween edition. Yesterday was all about vampires. Today it's all about werewolves, AJ. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, number one, the Alpha's Bite. Oh. The Alpha's Bite. Number two, Night Play. Number three, Forbidden Heat. Number four, Playing in the Wild. <laughs> number five, Bitten. Number six, Hungry Eyes of the Wolf. Number seven, Wanting a Werewolf (laughs) Prince. Number eight, Under the Moon. I'm getting hot, Jay. (laughs) Number nine, She-Wolf. Number ten, The Wolf's Den. Number eleven, Howl. (laughs) That's yours. (laughs) Number twelve, The Lunar Effect. Number 13, Taming His Mate. It was so good, Lord Jesus. <laughs> it was harmonizing. Number 14, Growl. Uh, number 15, Hunger Rising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Oh. <laughs> there is bonus points okay. for the one that is both. Oh, yeah. So it goes there's ways. never been there's never <laughs> been one on this game that is both, but this is actually a uh, a erotic novel that was turned into porn. Okay. All right. So if you can figure out which one it is, it goes both ways. It goes <laughs> both ways. <laughs> Dick was good. Slapped <laughs> outside the head. <laughs> uh, number one, the Alpha's Bite novel. Porn. Novel. Number two, Night Play. 
porn. Porn. Novel. Damn. Number three, Forbidden Heat. Novel. Novel. Correct. Number four, Playing in the Wild. Novel. Porn. Porn. Number five, Bitten. Novel. Novel. Both. Is this the both? Well, what do you have? Well, novel originally, but yeah. He thinks it's both. What do you think? What was it called? Bitten. No. Doesn't go both ways. <laughs> it's both. Oh. oh yay. <laughs> uh, number six, Hungry Eyes of the Wolf. This is novel. I'm going to say porn. Cause, novel. Because AJ has nice eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of flirting that goes on over there with you and Dan <laughs> is insane. Next week, I'm sitting over there. <laughs> I'm just I'm just, I'm just sitting. That's just oh, those are the nicest eyes. I'm, I'm lost yes. in your eyes. I didn't say that. That's why they're dangerous. Look out. Stay away. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dan, can I get you three more bottles of wine? <laughs> I heard your shower doesn't work yeah. correctly. Here's, I have some Dr. Squat soap. <laughs> Come on over. Clean towels. <laughs> Play the show back. <laughs> I wasn't flirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I was not. You don't mean anything by it. Yeah, right. But Dan, if you do need a shower, no, I'm <laughs> uh, number eight, under the moon. Novel. Novel. Oh, I think we skipped number seven. Wanting a werewolf prince. Novel. Novel. Yeah, novel. Uh, under the uh, under the moon. Novel. Novel. Porn. Oh. Number nine, she wolf. Porn. Porn. Yes. Yes. Number ten, the wolf's den. Porn. Porn. Yes. Number 11, Howl. Novel. Novel. Porn. Damn. Number 12, The Lunar Effect. Novel. Porn. Novel. Number 13, Taming His Mate. Novel. Porn. Novel. Number 14, Growl. Porn. Romance novel. Porn. Number 15, Hunger Rising. Novel. Porn. Novel. Damn, I did bad. You did really good. I rocked good. it. You did yeah, really good. It. Yeah, you did pretty good. I only missed uh, three. Wow. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Two, and I got the four, double banger. Five, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, some people ask me, AJ, what's it like turning back into a human form from werewolf? Yeah. It's, it's much like busting your load and coming to, you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the dick was good. And I'm the, the bad one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the dick was good. Oh, all right. So we're going to uh we're going to do a music game here real quick. Uh, you what you have come to uh know and love, but we have a we have a new one for you today. As you all know, you're you're very very familiar probably with this tune. 1962, Bobby Boar's Picket, The Monster Mash. Now you're thinking, what the fuck is he going to make us do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. When my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began. I'm going to play you four songs. Okay. One of those songs is the flip side to The Monster Mash. Oh. Okay. Uh, is it this one right here called Scully Gully? They rattle their skulls past the cemetery gates. Scully, 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 
<laughs> or is it Bella's bash? His jealousy is widely known. Doesn't take my match. Got a dance of his own. All right, fellows, come on, let's split. Igor, don't leave those electrodes lit. Let's hurry on over to Dracula's pad and see his new dance that's becoming a fad. <laughs> or is it uh, this one here called Wolfbane? There's a man in the horror movies we all know <laughs> Who stalks these nights on the late, late show When the moon or is it this one here called the Monster Part uh, Monster Mash Party? I like the Transylvania twist that time. <laughs> Who asked you, you blood sucker? <laughs> I'm actually a little confused about the game. This is the flip this, side. This is, you're doing the 45. The, the A side is the Monster Mash. So there is a B side to the other to the other song. I just played you four possibilities of what the B-side could be. Is it Scully Gully? Is it Bella's Bash, Wolfbane, or is it the Monster Mash Party? So, even though any of these could have been it, my guess is going to be the Monster Mash Party. Reasons? Because um, normally on a single flip side, they'll do one as similar as possible. On like the B side, and that was the closest to Monster Mash. So I'm gonna say the flip side of that was this alternate version of that song, and possibly maybe the others came out later years. Uh, They're all from 1962. Okay. Because um, gonna... some of them appeared on the album. Oh, okay. So in that case, <laughs> Bella's Bash. Bella's Bash. You're changing your mind. Yes. Okay. I picked number five. The last there one I just four. played. Number four. <laughs> Someone needs that good good. No, she said number five, Someone, and she's wrong because we didn't play a number five. Okay, I can't, right. I can't count either. I had two men's. Dan was here last night, and you're here tonight, and you have beautiful eyes. With Dan, I had three bottles of wine. Leave me alone. I'm not even flirting. I swear I'm not. No, just come over if you need a shower. I have soap. And <laughs> I got a washcloth. Yeah. And if you don't have any hands at work, I'll. <laughs> if you need any help, I'll sudge up. Yeah. It's got to be about AJ's beautiful eyes. <laughs> Too bad you don't have those eyes, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I could rip them out and put them in your face. Because <laughs> it was so good. I just want to punch you in the back I could of make it, I could make the perfect man. <laughs> Whichever one comes back with like a black eye. <laughs> I, I just, you know, decorate those walls. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. <laughs> the dick was so good. The dick will make you slap somebody. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, yeah. So, which one are you going for? The last one I played? Yeah, it was four. 
for the uh, Monster Mash Party. Well, you should have stuck with your answer, AJ, because that's the correct one. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> next time. Uh, yeah, there's always a next time. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm, you know. Yes. That's what this is all about. Because here is a very famous 45. Oh, yeah. I forget this. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. He looked like a purple people leader to me. All right, so what is the B-side? Is it this one right here called Laughing the Blues? Or do we have this one here, which is a, a very unique title. Uh, let's see here. It's pinstriped purple petal pushing kind of suit. Sexual. <laughs> All right. Or is it this one right here called I Can't Believe You're Mine? I can't believe at last My lonely nights are past And now I have your love so fine I can't believe you're mine Shabuli, of course, A-side, very famous, 1961, oh. Purple People Eater, here at every Halloween. What do you think the B-side is? Is it Lavin' the Blues, Pinstriped Purple Petal Pusher Suit, or uh, the one we just heard there, I Can't Believe You're Mine? Uh, pinstriped Pussy Pushing Suit. <laughs> what the heck is I mean, I mean, Petal Pusher. <laughs> it's uh, Skin Tight Pinstriped Purple Petal Suit. That's just a difficult one on the Yeah, yeah. it's very hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I picked the second one. That's the same one, right? The same one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is actually this one right here. Really? I would figure this would be the A, and then... Chevrolet later, later on created a character named Ben Colder. He was like a drunken cowboy, and he did a lot of songs. Like, uh, he'd make fun of the gambler. He called it the Rambler. And uh, went on to do like three or four albums under awesome. Ben Colder's name. Yeah, he's really funny. Kind of like an OG Weird Al, right? You know? Uh, yeah, well, way, original I mean, day. Yeah, and yeah. he uh, and he do things like I walked the line. You know, and did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But all of his songs were like he was drunk. And then he did some originals, songs like I just want to look good naked again. <laughs> Something like that. Okay, yeah. But yeah, of course he'll always be known for the Purple People Eater. So not bad. We got one more song you might be familiar with. So we'll see if you can figure it all out. Let's actually take a break so I can set it up, and uh, we have to do that anyway. It's been a, it's been a minute since we've taken a break, and then we'll set it up when we come back. We'll have the last round of that, and uh, we'll be back, everybody. Moments CBD is a local business in North Las Vegas with essential natural CBD products that helps with pain, anxiety, inflammation, and so much more. Their team of experts can help you with all your CBD needs. Moments CBD also carries washable medical masks and hand sanitizer with 70% alcohol, vitamin E, and aloe. Moments is having an amazing deal for June. 
50% off all immune-boosting CBD products for you and your pets. Mention the Radio Vegas Rocks ad for the special. Located on 1311 West Craig Road at the Home Depot Shopping Center. Call 702-463-1616 for more info. They care about your health. You don't know it, but you leave your shower covered in chemicals. Big Soap says they don't use enough of this stuff to cause damage, but why play just the tip with harmful chemicals? Stop marinating your man meat and unholy ingredients that are harmful to your well-being, body, and sperm count. Start treating your body to the natural, nourishing, lathery goodness of Dr. Squatch Soap. Soap that's handmade for men using the finest ingredients that nature has to offer. Most name brand bars and body washes you rub on your skin are classified by the FDA as synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. I know what you're thinking. All natural soap? This guy probably smells like kombucha. Au contraire, my skeptical friend. Dr. Squatch is the best smelling, best feeling soap on the planet. And the best thing to happen to men since Die Hard. yippee ki Hey guys, listen up. Receive 20% off all orders, $20 or more, at Dr. Squatch when you use coupon code RVR20. Hurry, go shop now. Smell better. Let's face it, every once in a while, we all need a little help. A call to the bullpen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, have I got a product for you. Rick Knucklecock here to tell you about an exciting new product called Spunk Lube. Yes, Spunk Lube, the all-water soluble lubricant that'll help you perform in the bedroom. Yes, Spunk Lube. You can use it to loosen pickle jars, play a game of hide the pickle. Hide the pickle. Use it to grease your ball bearings. Do you have a squeaky back door? Squeaky door. Need to glaze a ham? Or how about frost a donut? Frosted donut. Yes, Spunk Lube. And boy, do I have an offer for you. If you call now and mention RadioVegas.rocks and order three jars of Spunk Lube, you get two for free. They often say two's a crowd, but three's a party. Spunk Lube. Visit us at SpunkLube.com. If you like pina coladas. Well... Do you? Do you like pina colada? Because if you do, then you are going to love the new flavor from Zip Fizz Energy No sudden crash and calorie Low carb, vitamin B The healthy energy mix Zip Fizz That's right, the geniuses, as I like to call them over at Zip Fizz, have done it again They have made another fantastic flavor We've been telling you for years about this powerful little energy mix that comes in a plastic tube It gives you three to four hours of natural energy All the flavors taste great from the latest mango peach to fruit punch, grape, orange soda, orange cream, iced tea, lemon, grapefruit, pink lemonade, citrus, berry, and now pina colada. New taste, same great energy, no hard crash. Zip Fizz mixes are a healthy and convenient way to get your energy fixed without having to suffer through any nasty taste. You'll definitely have a few of these around for those quick trips to the gym or those afternoon sleepies, as I like to call them. Zip Fizz energy, no sudden crash, 10 calories.
Yeah, we all know that. That's Thriller. Remember the day that debuted for the first time on MTV? It was absolutely fantastic. Still probably one of the best music videos of all times. In the top five for sure. Definitely introduced the world of short movies to the rest of the people out there. Right. You know, amazing. Uh, Still awesome. So that, of course, takes us into our next song. What was the flip side of Thriller? Mm-hmm. Was it this one here? All night dancing with he did with his brothers, the Jackson Five. Or was it this one that he did with his brothers, Things I Do for You? Was the B-side this one here from his brothers and him, the Jackson Five, with a song uh, simply titled The Place Hotel, or also known as Heartbreak Hotel. Which one of these three was the B-side of Thriller? Two. Option two. It was two. Option two. Things I do for you. Well, you are correct. I remember it. Do you? Yeah. It just felt the most on brand to the sound to me. So I Definitely didn't make the Thriller album. No. No. But. That's Michael throwing his brothers a bone. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> no. <laughs> Not that kind. Not like that. Yeah. Don't make it a weird. Yeah, don't make it weird. <laughs> the bone tossing was for a younger crowd. <laughs> Yeah, they were far too old for him. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, of course. The king of pop. I would never talk trash. No, of course not. (laughs) Not you. Not Not me. No, this is the rock and comedy show. Oh my god, what are you talking about? So silly. Stop it. We love little Michael. Mm. (laughs) That's good stuff. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, we have some dramatic readings happening. Oh, the drama. From AJ. Oh. I know you're excited. Of course I am. Yeah. Nevermore. There was a knocking (laughs) on my door. (laughs) Stop, (laughs) darling. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Halloween episode (laughs) in the Rock and Comedy Show. Uh, a full moon on Halloween only occurs roughly once every 19 years. It's known as the uh, metatonic cycle. If the full moons are uh, calculated using green, Greenwich Mean Time, that translates to approximately three to four times per century. So maybe the phrase "once in a blue moon" really belongs to a full moon on Halloween. There you go. That's cool. In 2018, the October full moon occurred on the 24th. Remaining t- uh, remaining that. Uh, on the 31st, the moon was at its last quarter phase, so it appeared as a half moon in the sky. Witches on broomsticks and vampire bats fluttering past the half moon only seem half scary. <laughs> in 2001, 
Ghosts and goblins in Central and Pacific time zones trick or treated by the light of a full moon, but a Halloween full moon hadn't appeared for everyone in all time zones since... Give me a year. 80... I don't know. What? 78. Uh, but a Halloween full moon hadn't appeared for everyone in all time zones since 1944. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh... When is the next full moon? Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Uh, according to astrom uh, astronomers, we will see a 100% illuminated Halloween full moon in the years 2020, 2039, 2058, 2077, and 2096. Wow. That is a 19-year cycle. The good news is that even if the moon is a day or two away from 100% full on a particular Halloween, it can still serve the purpose for a spooky backdrop since most people can't tell the difference between 98% illuminated and a full moon. Case in point, November 2nd, 2029, and October 30th, 2031. Plan your costumes accordingly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some information about the full moon. Yeah, it's awesome. Not only is it a full moon, not only is Halloween on a Saturday, but we get to set our clocks back and get an extra hour of spook Ooh, time. Ooh, look yeah. at that. Yeah, guilt-free uh, party time. Oh. <laughs> you yeah. will still feel bad about it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I asked AJ to do some dramatic readings. So I'm going to get some haunted, s stormy music. Should we do um, this by? Should I do a nice little short and sweet one first, and then? Uh, Are you do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, let's let's get you started with some good cold terror. Yeah. Are yeah. these by Andrew Dice Clay? No, no, no. These are <laughs> a little Miss Muffet. <laughs> these are legit. <laughs> she these got are a legit. <laughs> What's in the bowl, bitch? bitch. Candy, <laughs> candy, bitch. All right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> In the darkest woods he wandered. One moonless stormy night, the tree limbs made him shiver, reaching out through lightning's light. The thunder rumbled its deep warning and spoke of dreadful things, for he was out on Halloween with all the dark hot brings. His path led through the woods for miles, and eyeballs watched him travel. He could feel their wicked smiles while trying hard not to unravel. Would he live another hour? Or would dark forces take him down? Would this traveler overpower? Did he hear hoofbeats on the ground? The thunder clapped, the lightning flashed. The tree limbs reached to slap at him. He heard the evil cackle. <laughs> while his senses seemed to dim. The rain was in his face now as the storm just seemed to grow. He was lying on his back and how? He didn't know. The fear engulfed his total being. He couldn't even speak and all the evil he was seeing only served to make him weak. He jerked awake and saw beside him another frightened form. Somehow they both were now together in this awful storm. He looked at her beside him and said with eyes quite wide, I don't feel like sleeping out. I think I'll go inside. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really good. 
Was the title of that The Hag? I think I've heard it. Yeah, it's called Marriage. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was called Camel Toe. <laughs> it was called <laughs> Camel Toe. <laughs> do you know the title or no? It sounded awesome. Uh, in the Darkest Woods. Okay. The darkest Woods. You know. Yeah, he's pulling up another one. Yeah. I get the music ready. Want another one? I'll give, you, I'll give you a little something. Let's change the character voice on this one. I'll try. Let's see. <laughs> hey, what's going on <laughs> over there? He's getting uh, nervous. The Wolfman speaks. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> the chilly nights begin tonight. The haunted houses bring the fright. The warm bonfires have the flames. See the leaves rustle through window frames. The warm fleece blankets are as soft as cloud. I eat more candy than I'm allowed. The spooky stories give me a scare. Cause Halloween night has fun in the air. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. That's good. It sounds so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, why not, you know? Yeah. Another one? Yeah, we got one more, huh? Let me, let me pull up something here. Okay. This website's got all these ads popping out at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on. Oh. Well, he pulls that up. Don't forget to tune in to Brunch Rock tomorrow at 11, right here at RadioVegas.rocks, as uh, AJ and I are going to be your hosts, and we're doing a spook-off for Halloween. We're going to have a dueling battle, so to speak, of who's got the great Halloween uh, tunes. I can't wait. I don't even know why I'm showing up. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, right. I know okay. I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why I'm showing up. You know, for the entertainment. It'll be fun. And Jay's company, of course. Right. All right, here we go. This one's called. And I am not putting on pants at eleven o'clock. <laughs> Mine will be off the whole time. <laughs> um, this one's simply called Halloween. <clears throat> here we go. Halloween blood, gurgling scream, little children run and hide, ghost costumes and flying brooms on which the evil witches ride, haunted house, a shredded blouse, a scarecrow in the backyard, graveyard love, vampire's blood can make this night seem so hard. Halloween enchanted scene, a night filled with pure terror. Freddy Krueger, plastic luger, there is no room for error. Rotten eggs, a neighbor begs, please don't use toilet paper. Pranksters pray and run away, like they just pulled a caper. Halloween, big eyes of green, a black cat is hissing loud. Ghosts say boo and mom warns you, don't stray too far from the crowd. Trick or treat, a candy sweet, also calories galore. Get off track and circle back. Maybe you will get some more. Halloween, number 13, a night of goblins and ghosts. Pumpkin patches, bag snatches, and a jack-o'-lantern host. Pitch black night, kids filled with fright, enchanting and scary seem. A full bag will make them brag and long for next Halloween. Nice. Very good. Very good, AJ. You passed the test. <laughs> You'll have to read some to my class one day. Yeah. They would love that, honestly. 
Back into our nine, uh, nine bad things that happened on Halloween throughout history. Bad candy on Halloween, 1974. Timothy O'Brien was eight years old when he ate some Halloween candy that was spiked with cyanide. Jesus. His father was the one who spiked the candy, motivated by the huge life insurance on his son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awful. That's just like wow. They did the mash. It was the turpentine mash. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one: convincing decoration or murder. A postman arrived at a porch to deliver his usual morning mail on the uh, on the route on November first. When he saw one of his stops had a rather convincing Halloween decoration on the doorstep. The postman sidestepped uh, the convincing dead body and delivered the mail. But it would never be received as a man had collapsed and died on his doorstep the night before. <laughs> so he thought it was a convincing... <laughs> he thought it was That's a convincing, awful. Could you imagine? It was a convincing prop. Oh, those uh, flies CGI? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Heads will roll. 2014 was another bad year for convincing Halloween decorations. As when a man dragged a headless body out of his apartment and then kicked the head to the other side of the street, people thought it was a Halloween prank. The truth only came to light later when a person tried to move the dead body out from the middle of the street and realized it was a real person. Oh. The body was that of Patricia Ward, whose son had a history of mental illness and one night decapitated his mother after he left the body in the street. He leapt in front of a moving train. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mistaken identity in the run-up to Halloween in 2012. A nine-year-old girl was shot outside her home during a Halloween party by a relative who thought she was a skunk. She was dressed in a black dress and black and white hat with a tassel on top, which misled her killer. The child was shot in the shoulder, arm, back, and neck by her cousin and was rushed to the hospital to be treated. She lived but sustained serious damage to her internal organs and spine and still has to undergo tests for lead poisoning. How big are the fucking skunks where they're from? <laughs> like, What's geez, going nine on? years old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rise of fascism began on Halloween of 1922 when Ita uh, Italian dictator Mussolini was elected into power. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Um... Deadly decoration on October 31st, 2005. Locals in Fredeca, Delaware, thought that their neighbor had reached new heights with her Halloween decoration. A body hanging from a tree in the garden was thought to be a decoration for three houses before people realized it was an actual person. Ugh. <laughs> Jeez. And the final one. Cradle Snatchers on October 31st, 1977. One-year-old Nima Louise Carter went missing from her cradle. Since all the windows and doors in her room were locked shut, it is believed her abductor was hiding in the closet. The child was found a month later dead in a refrigerator in an abandoned house nearby. What makes this case even freakier is that the previous year, three-year-old twin girls went missing in the same town. They were, they were lured out of their houses and then trapped into a fridge. They were found two days later, but only one had survived. The surviving child, Tina Carpitcher, identified their babysitting uh, their babysitter as Jacqueline uh, Rubido as the kidnapper, but the accusation never led to uh, to a conviction. A year later, Jacqueline was uh, Nima Louise Carter's babysitter. She was a suspect again, but there was never no evidence. Years later, she was charged with. 
Carpenter's child's murder and uh, served a life sentence, but never admitted to the murder of Nima Louise Carter. Wow. Wow. Scary There's stuff. Some, I know. Halloween. All those stories could be a song. You know, like Halloweeny Mussolini rolling heads and skunks for hunting. Did you say Halloweeny? <laughs> yeah. That unlocked our that unlocked our uh, urban dictionary from. Oh no. <laughs> from yesterday. Oh, gross. Did you hear it? No. Oh, the urban dictionary that we, uh, we we uncovered yesterday is called Halloweening. Uh, oh. Yeah. He knows what it is. The act of eating a butterfinger, then giving a blowjob. Then, while chocolate and peanut butter is still slathered on the male's cock, he proceeds to violate you anally until you come. Then, with the cum, chocolate, and peanut butter, and maybe a few flakes of shit, they're all sucked off orally by you or others. Who knew my nightly routine was, so, was a thing? Here's, a, was like here's a, the <laughs> definition. My wife and I went Halloweening last night. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Get your hands off my butterfinger. Butterfingers butter are, butter are one of my favorites. It is unfortunate, the you, stickiness. You better not lay a finger on my butterfinger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, we're going to wrap up a little early for you guys because we have an interview that's going to play out, and it's about 25 minutes or so. Coming up Monday on the show, going to be fine, good time. Oh, yeah. Can't tell you the guest oh, yet because yeah. they have to confirm it. But Tuesday okay. is our drinking show. Uh-oh. Ooh. There are no guests because we'll be the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> and we'll be doing the breathalyzer and all that. Make it official. I think it'll be Hell fun. Hell yeah. It'll be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and it is official. We got the green light today from Brandon Powers, the wonderful owner of the Golden Tiki, where we get to pop somebody's cherry. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Rock and Comedy Show final show of the year will be taking place at the Golden Tiki oh, on yeah. December 14th. So, so cool. Come on down. Woo-hoo. We did it last year. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again December 14th. Uh, we do have to keep the crowds as of right now because they haven't lifted anything. Could go away after November Hope 4th. it does. Uh, we do have to keep the crowds kind of small and uh, have to practice all that social distancing and stuff. But it'll be fun. And it's just going to be a small group for us. So. But we still got to have it there because it's, it's the best place. We, uh, we yeah. had so much fun there last year. And uh, we are getting to that time of year where I'm wrapping up the Rock and Comedy Show until 2021. So Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been yeah. so much fun this year, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, it's full amazing. Of, yeah. <laughs> One day just rolls into the next. And it feels like, it, I swear to God, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our listeners got plenty to go back on and, and uh, download and stream and listen to all the fun hijinks over this past year. It's There's, been great. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it, just keeps getting, it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I do want to play two songs for you guys before you leave. And we'll start with this one, and then uh, we'll talk about the last one, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, we all know this song, but I love the original more than Bow Wow Wow's cover of it. Here are the Strange Loves with their song, I Want Candy. We'll be right back.
elucidate on what happens outside when it gets late. Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for their nightly jamborees. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes, and some with fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and thin, and some don't even bother to wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on in the night. Midnight jamboree, they break it up with fiendish glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst when he goes a jogging across the land, holding his noggin in his hand. Demons take one look and groan and hit the road for parts unknown. There's no rat like to spook that's burned. They don't like him and he's really burned. Swears through the longest day he's dead. He'll show them that he can get ahead. Oh, close all the windows and lock the doors. Unless you're careful, he'll get yours. Don't think he'll hesitate a bit, cause he'll flip your top if it'll fit. And he likes them little, likes them big. Park in the middle or a wig. Black or white or even red. The headless horseman needs a head with a hip, hip and clippity clop. He's out looking for a head to chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Ah, two great Halloween songs right there. I want candy from the Strange Gloves and uh, the Headless Horseman. Very mm. iconic voice. Yeah. Uh, his name is Thurl Ravenscroft. And if that doesn't if that doesn't ring a bell to you, maybe he might ring a bell if I told you he was the voice of Tony the Tiger till 2005. They're great. They're great. Now when you hear it, now you hear a little bit of him singing, you'll hear a little Tony the Tiger. They're great. <laughs> they are. They're so amazing. Uh, all right, so we're going to wrap up. Some people wanted my opinion on the uh, Tenacious D uh, Time Warp. Yeah, let's hear your thoughts on this. Uh, my initial shot, th- thought this morning was it was awful because they did it for Rock the Vote. So when they're talking about jumping to the left, they had a bunch of celebrities going, jump to the left. And like, oh, did you have to make a political? Seriously? They ruined this when they did the remake five Halloweens ago. On Fox, yeah. and then they uh, they we have try a, to forget these things. <laughs> then they have a version uh, where they don't have the political content in there, where they're still just doing the song. And thank God, because it I rocks. was really excited that Tenacious D did the time warp. It was amazing. And then they cut away, and I so because well, they thought this isn't stranded. I don't care. I don't care. I don't need to see these people going. It's a jump to the left. Vote to the left. Oh yeah. God! No. Yeah. Just let people vote for who they want. Yeah, music's an escape. They're from so that desperate thing. to get the blue in. Yeah, they they even made the lips on the cover thing fucking blue. No, <sighs> don't mess with those lips. They're iconic. Oh, Leave them alone. Oh, They're red. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I was really upset. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what you're gonna hear now is the uh, the new. 
Tenacious D version of Time Warp uh, without the political without. bullshit in. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's going to slide right into our interview with Richard O'Brien that I did back in 1999. I got the chance to speak with him. He called in directly from London. And uh, back then, we didn't have the technology that we have now. So you'll actually know that I'm speaking to him on the phone because it sounds like I'm speaking to him <laughs> on a phone. But I have done my best to like clean it up and make the tinniness go away. Uh, this is not aired since I did it back in... 1999. Wow. So it was kind of a treat to listen to it. <laughs> listen to that sweet, sexy voice of mine. <laughs> it didn't exist then. <laughs> but uh, because the Rocky Horror Picture Show means a lot to me, and it's 45 years old now and uh, still going strong, uh, I'm going to play the interview with Richard O'Brien, who, of course, created it and uh, became Riff Raff in the movie and the play and all that. So here is the time warp with Tenacious D. Guys, thank you for being here today. You can hang out if you want. We can drink some more, but why wait until Tuesday? And uh, <laughs> coming up after this, it is uh, Sober Sal and the gang with uh, the Not So Stupid, Not, Not Plain Stupid podcast. And uh, we leave you with this. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. It's just a jump to the left. Another step to the right. Put your hands on your hips. You bring your knees in time. But it's the velvet rose. You really drive your wheels. Say, yeah, yeah. Let's do the time walk again. Let's do the time walk again. Well, I was walking down the street just to have a Snake of the guy gave me an evil wing. He shook me up, he took it by surprise. He had a pickup drug in those devil's eyes. He stared at me and I felt the change. Jump to the left. And I said to the right. You put your hands on your hips. You bring your knees in time. But it's the pelvic throw. You really drive your wheels. Say, yeah, yeah. Let's do the time walk again. Let's do the time walk again. Joining me on the phone lines of the Crazy J Show from Transsexual Transylvania, it's 
Richard O'Brien, or known to many as Riff Raff, and it's definitely an honor to uh, have you on the show. Now, this movie uh, happens to be a huge hit worldwide, and uh, the box set came out uh, about five years ago, and it contained a disc of some of the songs from the movie, but uh, done in other languages, and uh, that's that's when it really gives you the aspect that the movie is, uh, you know, just so huge, and that, you know, it's just because people love it, they love to go and dress up as their characters, uh, because and because the movie is just so much fun, but uh, let me ask you, if you never had to work again, could you live off Rocky's success? No. No. So, so you don't, you don't, do any of the actors still receive royalty, royalties from the film? Um, I, I, I've, I've no, no idea what what, the, what deals they did, but their their agents did for them. I've got, I've got no idea. I mean, I suppose different different agents with different actors do different deals with the producers. I got no idea. Um, I don't, I don't get a great deal of money back from the movie. Um, and I, um, I'm not saying I don't get anything, but it's not, it's, I don't get a lot, and uh, it certainly wouldn't keep me. Um, I have to do other jobs, which I do, I enjoy doing anyway. Um, yeah, um, no. it's uh, I, I make I make money out of the stage show. The stage show is all over the uh, going all over the world, and uh, and I get I get a, um, a profit of that. And, I, and it's it's to some it's much more su- successful actually because it, it takes it takes the, the experience into into countries that you can't imagine. I mean, going into the, those countries which were once part of the Eastern Bloc. And uh, you take you take the show in there, and uh, and it works. It's it's quite amazing. Right. Now, when the when the play was uh, brought over to the states, how did people react to it? Did they take to it right away, or did they have a lot of different? Uh, Los Angeles was 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 a uh, hot ticket. That was it. We, we took it straight from London to Los Angeles, and that was great. Um, we we took Tim out of the the cast in Los Angeles, brought him back to England, and we made the movie. And uh, and then um, we, Tim and I went to New York, and New York shut us down. We were we played New York for about I think eight weeks. It might have, might have been six. I don't remember. It was all a bit of a haze. Um, things weren't going well. It was a damn good show. Uh, damn good band. Um, great sound. And uh, Tim was there, and Meatloaf was on stage, and. I was on stage. It was a. It was. I want to use the expletive, the the old Anglo-Saxon <laughs> expletive here. <laughs> but it was uh, one of those shows. It was a great show, but we only ran for six weeks. Uh, the, the the problem I think stemmed from the fact that they that uh, it went into New York and that the producer said, "Here's the hit from England and from Los Angeles," and I think New York said, "Uh-uh, we tell you whether it's a hit." You don't tell us. Um, <laughs> since you've had the temerity to even pretend it's a hit, we're going to tell you no, because you know that's the way it works in this town. I think there was a little bit of East Coast West Coast rivalry in, in, invested in the, the the ride we got there. Uh-huh. It was a good show. Now back and anyway, it's outlived that moment anyway. <laughs> now back in 1981, you tried uh, something like a a sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was called Shock Treatment. Yeah. Now, it, however, did not do as well as. It well, it was, it was, it was, um, it was, uh, it was not what I wanted to do. Uh, it was my, my fault and the producer's fault, really. I mean, we, uh, what it was supposed to be was monsters rising from the grave, and and uh, in in the best, you know, B movie tradition. Uh, but it, it, that was the first draft, and Jim Sharman decided that he didn't want to go down that avenue, and. Uh, 
and we moved further and further away each draft and what we should have done was actually said Jim we, we, if you don't want to do this we'll do, get another director but we didn't say it I certainly didn't have the power to say it and I wouldn't have said it because he's a friend but I think the producers perhaps should have said it um, but perhaps they thought that I you know knew more about it than they did I don't know we give power away don't we in some in decision making occasionally yeah now did you write them you wrote the songs for that movie as well correct um yes okay now going back to uh, Rocky Horror how long did it take you guys to film that movie um six weeks maybe six weeks two days something of that nature well, my guest today is Richard O'Brien, and you have a new CD out that is not Rocky Horror related. It's called Absolute O'Brien, and this is a collection of songs that you have done. Uh, they're kind of like love songs in a way, and it's just been released here over in the States. Now, one of the songs I've played already on the show is Listen to the Heartbeat. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this album? Well, that song actually was written for a, a musical I wrote, and, and I sent this musical out, and nobody liked, nobody, well, I don't know they liked, they didn't like it, obviously, because I got absolute silence back. I thought, well, I'll stick it in the drawer. And then, uh, when I was making my album, I went, I like this song so much, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna include it in the album. And uh, so that's why that's there. Um, it was a show I did at Edinburgh Festival. I played Mephistopheles the Demon, uh, proselytizing a, a new and improved hell where they got rid of all the, the, the deadbeats and the, the evil people. And then all they had down there was the groovy people. That uh, <laughs> uh, now you had an afterlife choice. And there was no reason why we should accept Heaven's Rejects anymore. We didn't, we didn't want those people down there. And uh, so now we just have a nice groovy time down there. And. Um, and I and, uh, included a few of the, those songs off that uh, album in the show. Uh, wrote a few new songs, and there we are. That's it. It's, it's, it's strange that it's got a kind of jazz feel to it, because that wasn't the intention when we started, but it's, it's got this overall jazz feel. Um, there's a song um, it's called kind of, I've Been There Before, which is a, almost a country song, but it's still got a kind of jazz feel to it. Yeah, it's kind of bluesy. Uh, some of the tracks have a kind of a blues feel to it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's got some uh, nice tracks, uh, sort of like uh, Incubus. Uh, that's that's another favorite track of mine on the album. Um, so why don't we uh, why don't we play something from the album? Do you have a favorite track? Well, um, I, I, guess, I guess Angel in Me is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I like that one too. Or do you want to hear you Incubus? It's entirely up to you. <laughs> you play your favorite. I can play it whenever I want, man. Of course you can. <laughs> But you must make sure that you don't change at all Or I just might change my mind I've loved many a woman and left many a man Between the devil and the deep blue sea But you've got something I don't understand And it 
um, I used to try and, you know, be a screamer when I didn't really have the, the uh, machinery for it. Uh, I used to do all those kind of things, and now I sing quietly. I find I have much more fun. I can, I can stay on the notes much more tunefully, and it's not, I don't have to spend so much energy. And it's rather, it's rather joyous, and you can, you can, you can then interpret the song in a, in a much more meaningful kind of way, a much more real kind of way. It becomes more of a, an actor's kind of journey, as opposed to trying to pretend you're a, a you know, a diva singer kind of journey. Right. I, I'm, I'm getting fed up with that kind of false blues. Um, I hear a lot of singers, you know, and they, they start to sing, and they go, shouldn't you be saving this because you, you, you and we know you've got a great voice. But don't you think you, that you're just showing off just a bit too much too early? And uh, there's nowhere to go, is there? No. And uh, I, I'm just getting a bit fed up, because it's kind of like phony soul, isn't it? You know, if, if you start wailing away in a kind of bluesy kind of way, it doesn't actually mean your heart's breaking. It's, it's a kind of sound which people interpret as a kind of your heart's breaking. And that's not really good enough, I don't think. Not for me, anyway. Right. Now... Um, I saw a special on, on the Rocky Horror Picture Show a couple of years back where they, they showed you uh, performing some of the songs from the movie. You're just singing them acoustically and stuff, um, like with the time warp and things like that. Is is any of that stuff available? Or? Oh, I wouldn't know. You would I wouldn't know. I don't keep any detritus from my life. i got no archive material whatsoever. I, I don't know where, what happens. I live each day as, as it goes, and I, and I don't worry about keeping a scrapbook. Wow. You know. So, you know, that's it, really. I, that's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's play another track uh, from your current CD. It's called Absolute O'Brien, and it's called I Will Always Hold You in My Heart. Oh, this is a very favorite track of mine. Well, that's the one you should have picked earlier. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a very fa favorite track of mine. Uh, I wrote this to, I wrote this to my, my son Linus. He's 27 years of age, and I was out in Australia making a movie called Dark City, and I came out of a restaurant one night, and these Australians went, hi, your guy. I went, well, not really, you know. Um, you know, I, I think if I was pushed into a corner and, you know, and I had to own up, I'd say, no. Right, hey, your guy. I said, no, I think we've had this conversation. And a fist, a fist sailed through the air and, and hit me right in the eye. And uh, I spat away from these people, and I, I didn't even spot them as trouble. They just looked like really ordinary people. And, uh, and, um, and I went back to the hotel. And the next morning, my, my son phoned up and, from England, and, and, and there was a little like, tug in his voice, a little sob in his voice. And I said, what's wrong? Are you, is there something wrong, Donnie? He said, no, he said, I just haven't spoken to you for such a long time. It's just, I just really missed you, you know? And I went, oh, this is a 26, 25-, 26-year-old boy. And I went, oh, darling, that's lovely. And I knew those, those people that socked me in the eye would have socked my, my boy in the eye for, for loving his dad too much, you know what I mean? Because they, they don't like, those people don't, they don't like signs of affection. And, uh, and so I wrote this song to, to Linus, that, that, uh, that, that song. of you. 
Across the oceans, through the stars, in downtown dives and low-life bars, I cling on to this love of ours, for I will always hold you in my heart. I never knew how far I fall.
white tie and tails and you're looking elegant, people treat you in a different way. And we know we're actors, but we do it to each other. So once you look like the real kind of scruff, the dirty old fucker, uh, you know, nobody wants to talk to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, when you do a movie like, let's say now, like the Rocky Horror's been out and, and, and it's done well, does it bother you when people greet you as Riff Raff? And, they know? don't, actually. They, they greet me as Richard. Um, <laughs> I, I think they know the difference. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess, um, I guess, no, 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 I, I guess the fact, I guess the fact that I wrote it as well, if I'd, if I'd only been the actor in it, then, then, uh, I think I might have a problem. Yes, I think I'd definitely have a problem. Now, maybe that makes me understand the other actors that, that perhaps are a little shy of that. Yeah, that, it could be a kind of, uh, confining and limiting kind of thought. But, uh, no, because I'm the writer as well, I get a different kind of response from, from the fans and it's uh that's a kind of one of respect and i kind of like that i mean i'm not i don't i don't regard i don't require it but i i respect them as well i think they're i think they've got an absolute right to enjoy life the best way they, they can yeah now this is a somewhat of a rumor but maybe you can uh, enlighten us on it because i i heard that you're currently working on a sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to that original kind of uh, idea of, um, of, uh, of, of what uh, shock treatment should have been about. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, in fact, that's what I'm doing at the, exactly at this moment. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be pressured, though. I, I had a deadline, and I've, tonight, just tonight, I've just made the decision that I'm not going to be pressured because I've, I've worked out one or two shapes in, in, in the scenario which were eluding me, and, uh, and now they've become more specific, and uh, so I'm, I'm more dedicated to it now than I was even two hours ago. <laughs> well... Because what, what we heard over here in the States was it was supposed to take place nine months after... Uh, yes, it is. And, and Janet's pregnant. Yes, it is. And <laughs> Janet is just about to have the baby, yes. Right on. Well, so it took you, it took you a number of years to, to write, you know, to come... Well, actually, that was kind of the first draft of, of Shock Tree. Shock Tree. Tree. But, uh, no, that was it. That was it. And uh, I, I, there were obviously going to be changes because, right. you know, it, it is 25 years later. Right. So there will, there will be... There will be differences, uh, references perhaps, you know. Uh, anyway, different thought patterns where we, we, we grow intellectually each day, hopefully, and, uh, and things change, fashions change, society changes, uh, you know. Everything gets a little faster, a little crazier, so, you know. Well, now, now before I let you go, the, the, the last two questions I have are, are, are questions that I've asked fans of the movie when we've gone out and interviewed them and stuff, why, why they continue to go. And the first question, and I mean, since you're the creator and all, um, the first question is, what, what is the point of the movie? What is the moral that you were, you were trying to put in with, with Ronnie? I think I was, really. I think I was writing a little fairy tale. <laughs> and a little B-movie fairy tale. Um, you know, Hansel and Gretel and the, the Wicked Witch, it's a, it's a similar kind of story. Um, so there was no real moral. Um, I like, I like any, any thought that, um, that allows us to be um, more relaxed about where we, where we are sexually, uh, gender-wise, that allows society to relax about that and say there are, there are, there are no hard and fast rules. You know, some people are tall, some people are short, blonde, dark, blue-eyed, brown-eyed. 
wow. and so on, that things shift. There are all areas of grey, and that, that must be equally true in our, in our kind of XXXY kind of uh, uh, equation. And uh, I, I think if, if Rocky's done anything, if Rocky's allowed a change, a slight change in society to make that more possible, then I'm very pleased. Right. Now, now the final question is that, that I ask people is, um, what do you think, uh, now, now that you, you've done the movie and it's success, it probably has a different meaning, but what do you think the, the, the phrase, don't dream it, be it, is all about? Oh, that's, that's, um, that came from a, um, I worked with uh, a man called Sean Kenny, who, who designed the original set for the, the musical of Oliver. And he was a marvelous leprechaun uh, of a man, Irishman. And I consider, always considered him a lot older than me. I was, but he wasn't really. But when you're young, people in their 30s do seem kind of old. And, um, and I, he once came up to me and he said, Richard, all you have to do in your life is realize your dreams. A lot of people will try to stop you. But the only person that can really stop you is yourself. And a, and a grown-up saying that to me, instead of all those negative things that grown-ups say, oh, you'll never do that, you can't do that, is he smart enough, he's not good-looking enough, and it happens to all, each and every one of us, oh, you're too fat, you can't do this, all those negative things, all that went out the window with this man's kind of little uh, philosophy, and so that came off that. I, underst I understand that. <laughs> well, I we all do. It's, it's definitely been an honor. Uh, Richard O'Brien's been my guest here on the Crazy J Show. have uh, wanted to speak to you for a number of years, being, of course, a fan of the Rocky Horror. We're looking forward to the sequel. <laughs> and, uh, again, go pick up the album. It's called Absolute O'Brien. And uh, you can also visit uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show online and uh, probably get it there as well. And, again, Richard, thanks for calling in. It's my very great pleasure. Thank you.
Yeah.